It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. For early and ad-free access to Sunranto, please become a subscriber at patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto, where you'll have access to not only this show early and ad-free, but also our daily Cubs pod, which lets you know what happened in the Cubs game and all the Cubs news that's fit to print on a daily basis. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Don't make me tell you again. Enjoy the show. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Boutros Golly. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. My name is Danny Rocket, and I have a very raspy voice from a uh, weekend of Cubs extravaganza and fun. Um, uh, the voice you just heard was a, a, a little less raspy uh, Michael Cotton voice, but I'm sure it'll get raspier as he rants throughout this show. And joining us tonight, part of the Bleacher Bunch, it's Sarah Sanchez. Hi, everybody. Hey, welcome, Sarah. Yes. And I, my lucky hat. 
the lucky hat has to be on for all Cubs games and You're... all Cubs content creation opportunities. That hat is at what, 12 and 6 when you're wearing it right now? 11 and 6. But still, if the Cubs do that the rest of the way, they're a 90 win team and they're basically the Atlanta Braves. So basically, your hat is Mike Talkman, is what you're telling me. It's this is the Mike Talkman hat. The Mike Talkman of hats. Um, it's it's a Sarah's green hat summer. And um, you, you like my new yellow hat? The, I got this. I love your yellow hat. It's a, it's a is little that a pink bill or a red bill? Pink. It's a pink, pink. bill. That's what I thought. And if you can, I got it at uh, Toussaint's stand right in front of the firehouse. $10 hats, $10 shirts. You can't miss that man. He is the man yelling $10 hats, $10 shirts. And then um, he sells these beautiful yellow hats plus bucket hats. Those are 20 bucks, though, uh, because the kids love the bucket hats and they're willing to pay. So $10 shirts, $10 hats, $10 shirts. That dude is a legend. So I do want to bring uh, up that this show is brought to you by our 116 Patreon supporters, thank you so much for your support. We really don't do this show without you because there'd be no point to it. And um, also Blake Beard's tickets at the Blake Beard on Twitter. If you want to buy some great seats right uh, down the third baseline, right across adjacent to third base, if you will. Also Rogue Wave Creative for branding, graphic, and web design needs. They're a sponsor of the show. And the Cubs PS Plus podcast, uh, Mike Waller's podcast which is a very good show he's a very smart um dude that's into stats and thinks about things in a cool way and you should check out his podcast um hashtag chance in the chat for your chance to win a frank chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom i got a ton of frank chance postcards out this week i saw many of you posting on the ranters page on facebook that you were receiving your postcard there one guy even has like multiple of my posts. He's won multiple times and they're all posted up on his fridge. I think it's nice. Dominic, I want to yeah, say it, it, it's like you're his child and you keep sending these like, Oh, look, my, my kid, you know, in kindergarten class today wrote me a letter. Yeah. Right. Post them all on the fridge. I should, that'll be my promotion next year is like, it's me drawing a picture of Frank chance <laughs> and it just it looks like a three-year-old did it. So I did want to bring up too that um, hashtag chance in the chat to win. And I've got the, the bag of goodies um, that is the overall yearly uh, chance winner. And I'm putting two more things in it today. This is really exciting. First of all, old style koozie. Got this at the Club 400 event on Thursday night with Joe Madden, Old Style Koozie for the winner. And this is the best thing that for longtime listeners of the Sun Ranto Show, you will remember the Ron Coomer ant killing dollar. Oh, like, yes. Do you remember the Ron Coomer ant killing dollar? This is like from 2014, 2015. Yeah, I no, I absolutely remember. Uh, and you have brought it up on Cubs Pod. You're doing the recap, and all of a sudden you started talking about this ant. And I immediately thought, guy needs a guy needs a dollar bill. So Sarah, and then you were like, I need my aunt killing dollar. And I'll, yeah, I'll hilarious you, that we still remember that kind of shit. Sarah, I'll fill you in on what the ant killing dollar was. So I was cat sitting at somebody else's apartment. This was back in 2015. We were there for a couple months because they were gone for a while. So in the spring, the garden uh, was right below and all of a sudden these ants just started coming up through the wall and like I'd be sitting there doing the show and I had ant traps, but it wasn't doing a good enough job. So um, 
there'd be ants like crawling all over me while I'm trying to do the podcast. Now this is before we went on video. We didn't have the technology yet. So and you just hear this of me <laughs> killing ants. I don't know if you can hear me pounding the table. I, I can hear you pounding the table. There was a yep. dollar nearby. And so I just started, and I didn't want that dead ants on my hand. So I just started killing <laughs> this dollar bill. So we had this joke that it was the ant killing dollar. And then I took that ant killing dollar to CubsCon and I, and I had Ron Coomer sign it. <laughs> and I told him the whole story when I had him sign it. And he was like, well, that's crazy. He looked at me like I had nine heads because, well, literally that day I did have nine heads. But um, no, he, he was like, that's strange. But he signed the dollar. Well, I saw Ron Coomer again on Thursday. And I was like, so I told him the whole story again. And I'm like, Ron, we used to have this thing with an ant killing dollar. Once again, he's looking at me like I'm out of my freaking tree. So I'm like, but I'm going to need you to sign a dollar bill. And so Bernie, I did not have a dollar, but Bernie Barron to the rescue, who was at the party, comes through with the dollar. And I had Ron Coomer sign it. This is going in the chance uh, prize for the year. So not only do you get a koozie, but you get the Ron Coomer ant killing dollar. Although I have not killed any ants with it yet, but I'm leaving out, leaving it out to kill. Oh, I can uh, guarantee there will be at least one ant death. Danny will go out and find an ant in the wild yeah, if he needs this, to. I'm going to find an ant war and just get like thousands at once, you know, when they're all fighting <laughs> each other and you could like be their overlord. Yeah. So hashtag chance in the chat if you'd like to win a dollar <laughs> from Rod <laughs> Coomer. And um, anyway, I just want to say real quick, too, about that event. I'm going to play something at the end of the show tonight of uh, me singing Hey Jude along with uh, John Benedek. And uh, we and we sang uh, a Hey Jude parody called Thanks, Joe, for Joe Madden. I have a, a recording of it. I'm going to play it at the end of the show as we as our outro. But it was one of the greatest experiences I think I've ever had as a Cubs fan for us because I passed out lyric sheets along with Crawley and um, everybody was singing together. Thanks, Joe, together, uh, all, all in a big group. And if you remember how it kind of went down with joe madden at the end you know they're closing down madden's posts everybody was like ready to run them out on a rail they were done with the balloon animals and the and the and the the days at the zoo in the outfield and stuff the petting zoo and people were kind of sick of it but when i heard joe madden um we owe him a lot as cubs fans and when i heard him when i heard him speak that night after we've been through a few years of like hard hard scrabble david ross gpt and and his uh his um his ai management style i mean hearing how joe actually is such a considerate human being i miss him terribly i miss him as our manager um it's a shame how it worked with the angels but he was right to kick those nerds out of the freaking dugout like he had to do and that's it went badly there too because it's the game is trying to throw him away and it's a damn shame and to hear him speak uh, was so enlightening and to be able to sing thank you with a bunch of other cup fans was one of the best experiences i've ever had so if any of you were there and sang with me uh, thank you so much because it was so beautiful it's like i'm i'm the son of a music director and that's how music is to me like that's my experience of interacting with music is to be to share it. It was just beautiful. Felt like church. Bernie says that was so touching. Madden was so touched. He really was like, he shook my hand and he loved it so much. And he took the song lyrics and, um, 
you know, just, it was such a beautiful uh, moment. And also I got to shout out Jonathan and Megan for like the best freaking birthday party last night. I'm exhausted because the bleacher bone band played two hours last night, um, two and a half hours away in Indiana. So it was like five hours of driving, three hours of hanging out, two hours of rocking, and, um, you know, maybe an hour of packing the van <laughs> or packing the Kia. <laughs> but uh, what a great party. It was like a freaking pool party. They had a pool. They had great food. Food. All the Club 400 people were hanging out. I was just hanging out with them the night before. Like, we, like I'll put a picture up right now. See, there's their little pool there. And in the background, that's a tent. And under there was a stage. And they had a lights and a smoke machine. So when we were playing Steve Stone, like, all the smoke came up, like, you know, I felt like I was in a, a real rock band, not just the bleacher. band. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so you guys threw a great party and thank you so much to club 400. Cause I now am the proud owner of this signed by Joe Madden, a game seven lineup card um, from the world series. This was all Crawley's and Stu's idea to even get this made. It's laminated and signed by Joe. It's I usually give everything away. This I'm going to keep because I was at the game, and I really don't have anything from being at the game, and so I'm just going to keep this. Um, the only thing I had from being at the game, I wrecked, and it's because I had um, uh, Tom Ricketts sign my ticket. We talked about this on Cup of Cubby Blue, and I was like, Danny, no. I know. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. But um, anyway. I mean, you didn't uh, just- wreck it. Still own the ticket stub. It's just a ricket stub now. Yeah, it's a ricket stub. I know. I'm embarrassed though that I even a, did that. It's a ricket's ticket. Come a on, people! Ticket. It's right there. A ricket stub. It's the ricket same joke. Stub, it's the same it's joke. It's the same joke. Um, but I also want to shout out just real. Quick, I don't. I'm, I don't know. The last time I heard about a ricket stub, it was NSFW. So <laughs> I didn't think we needed to go there. But just, twelve minutes into the show, we're making NSFW work. So. Let's go. Uh, but just, I just want uh, just a real quick shout out to um, yeah, Bleacher Bump Band because they put in extra work getting um, a guitarist up. This guy Kyle, who you'll meet eventually because he's a freaking awesome guitarist. But they put in some extra work. So to- thanks to Tony and Jarrett for getting that together. We played twenty one songs the other night, and also to Joe Kilgallen who did a freaking awesome job as host. Stuart McVicker. Crawley, like just, I mean, I can't even tell you like the good feelings that I have. Like I'm exhausted right now, but I'm also like warm, fuzzy, like in this moment um, with you guys. I just want to just let you know that we're surrounded by great freaking people. And I really felt the love this weekend. And my voice sounding like this is proof that I burnt it at both ends. So thanks you guys. And, um, you know, so just real quick, I, I wanted to get your thoughts about, you know, do, do you have any miss? Do you miss Joe Madden at all? Like, do you ever think about him and his Maddenisms and who he was and wish he was back or like had a guy? Oh, dude, I miss Joe Madden all the time. I think that Joe Madden is brilliant uh, in every sense of the word. And what Joe Madden does really well is something that Theo did really well that I don't think we ever gave Theo credit for, which is that he combines the personal and the storytelling and the character of baseball with the numbers. And that is just not a real easy balance in today's game. There's guys who are really good at spreadsheets and there's guys who are really good at people. And there are very few people who are willing to like play around with both of them. And I always thought that Joe Madden was one of those guys who 
you could tell him like the hit data shows that we should shift in this way, that way or the other. And he would do that, but he would do that within the limits and the confines of great people and people who he really believed in. And I'm not going to make this a hagiopathy or anything like Joe Madden had some moments that were not great and it wore off at some point in time, like the light shows and the circus animals and the dress up days or whatever. Like at some point it seemed to wear thin and also Joe Madden is clearly great and presided over the single best multi-year Cubs team I've ever seen in my entire life. That man, frankly, deserves a statue someday. And I hope that I am here when they come to that conclusion. Because the dude who oversaw the ending of a 108-year curse deserves a statue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like what Shannon says in the chat too. I miss Joe when I see Ross start Pee Wizzy at first base. Oh, we'll we'll get to that, Shannon. Don't <clears> worry. We'll we'll talk yeah. all about it. Yeah. No, I I definitely I miss Joe because he was he was so personable and I feel like he was really good in that clubhouse. And especially with that with the fifteen and sixteen teams, those guys were so young and then uh but getting that group to sort of mesh and work together and do everything. Um, I thought he was brilliant with how he got that together and got them to understand in 15 that they weren't too young to do it. Uh, you know, they ultimately didn't make it, but they were out of their minds better than, you know, that was such an exciting season. And then in 16 to come in and embrace it right off the bat, we're the best team. And you guys need to know we're the best team and we have to go out there and we have to like actually win the season. And I think that was, again, I think he was masterful at, at de-stressing that clubhouse in a way that they could get through it. And then uh, uh, 17 was a 95 win season, right? And he gets killed for it because they don't make the playoffs, which is bullshit. Well, no, they, made the, they made the playoffs and they made the NLCS in 17. NLCS. In oh, 19. right. NLCS in 17. It was 18 that they, yeah. So he still had a good team in 18, but that was the year that they, they made were, the playoffs in 18. Kind they of. lost in the one game wild card. Game. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Like, you don't understand. The playoffs don't start until after the wild card. Yeah. He doesn't count the wild <laughs> okay, card. Okay. That's bonkers. That's, that's and you're post season. Well, now you got to count it, though. It's postseason. It's postseason. It is not playoffs. That was a that was a one game play in. Yeah, we, we, the, we, I do not want to get that into team. Semantics that team was actually really good. But at the, the one game play in was game one sixty three against the Brewers. That's all. That's all the wild card game was. It's one sixty three. Sorry, Dan, either way, the overall point. The overall point <laughs> being that we were Sarah, good. Then. You act like you've just heard this. I've been saying this for fucking I, like forever. It's a play in this game. It's in not here. the playoffs. Let me get I'm pretty sure we've had this argument before. Yeah, and I don't want to have it again. But <laughs> right, I'm but sure any, the people but in the audience who would rather to say talk about, yeah, nobody I, wants to hear your personal view for the 87,000. Just fucking time listen here for a minute. What I'm saying is that <laughs> when they got to that 95 wins and they lose in the wild card, it was after that that like Jed or Theo is like, oh, the offense is broke. There's fucking problem. There's all this stuff. There wasn't a problem with that team. They missed it by like one game. The Brewers went on an absolute tear at the end of that season 
and the Cubs were beat up as all hell. They, but then they changed. And I think that's when we started to get sick of Joe. And I don't know how much it was Joe as much as it was Joe having to deal with a front office that thinks a 95 win season means that you have to start looking at things different. You know what I mean? If you win 95 games and you don't win the division, that's not a failure of a season. Like that's just fucking tough luck that year. And I think Joe was really good at that. And and that was when it all started to go down. Yeah. Little Yumper says, got the Cubs NLC S three times in a row. World Series handling of Chapman clouds a lot of people's judgment, and you can thank the media for that. Of course, like we've also also uh, removing uh, Kyle Hendricks in that in Game Seven, we'll always argue about that. But I that's also- the one thing in that series that bugs me to the, to this day is just that pulling Kyle too early. Yeah, but that was Joe's thing. He, I mean, we called him Captain Hook. Yeah, he pulled Cap- guys early all, all the, the time. time throughout. So it's not like it was like. He just did it for that game. That was a that was a pretty common thing for him to do. We just all wanted Kyle to get. We I didn't think Kyle needed to be pulled at that moment. Um, well, let, I think Joey says it best here: right guy at the right time, and I I think that's very true. Either way, I miss seeing him. And uh, let's get into these games that are managed by a different manager, David Loss uh, Ross. And um, we didn't lose that much, but we did. Eat some Madden meatloaf if you look at the overall week. They went three and two on the week. It could have gone way worse. In fact, if it wasn't for a heroic uh, performance by uh, Morell hitting a yep. walk-off home run, and you go back a little earlier and you got the Fulmer striking out the side with the bases loaded that happened right before that. And, um, well, let's just talk about that Cubs win, I guess. Um, Nikki Madrigal putting one in the basket like nobody had that on their bingo card either. Can I just say, so I wrote a piece about this for Bleed Cubby Blue earlier this week. You should check it out if you're so inclined. Uh, I think I called it a Magical Night at Wrigley in three acts or something to that effect. But BleedCubbyBlue.com if you're so inclined. Michael Fulmer comes in with the bases loaded to face Luis Robert, Yoan Mancata, Andrew Vaughn. It's the three, four, and five hitters for the Chicago White Sox. And look, the White Sox are a bad team right now. But the three, four, and five hitters are good. Luis Robert stacks up against anybody in the league. And, like, I, Fulmer struck Robert out on three pitches. And then he struck Mancata out on three pitches. And I looked up, and he had two strikes on Vaughn and had thrown eight pitches. Which means the man was real close to, like, not truly an immaculate inning, but like almost an immaculate inning. Anyway, he threw a couple of balls after that. So it took 11 pitches to strike out the side, but that is nails and super improbable for no runs to come across the board at that point in time. And all of those to be strikeouts. And I heard the roar of the crowd from Wrigley field, eight blocks away where my apartment is. And then I heard it again. And I was like, what is going on over there? They're not coming back. And sure enough, Nick Madrigal hit a home run into the basket. And at this point, I'm like kind of pacing a little bit because I don't know, man, what do you do when the it looks like the Cubs are actually going to come back in the most improbable of ways? The Cody Bellinger double elicited another war from the crowd. And the Christopher Morrell home run 
I've heard this sound once and only one time before. It was David Bodie hitting a grand slam to walk off the Nationals. And I was at that game on a Sunday night in 2018, I think, in August. And I heard the sound a full 40 seconds before I saw it on the TV. As I saw it on the TV, the crowd was still rising. Like the crescendo was still up. That's because he was taking his shirt off and he was jacked and everybody was like, yeah, look at those okay. abs, bro. That was Danny, th- you and I talked about this on Cup of Cubby Blue, and I swear to God, Cotton, I'll turn it over to you. But like, no. if you have not heard the sink of Cliff Lloyd calling Christopher Morell's home run, you have to. Because we criticize Marquee Sports Network a lot, but Cliff Lloyd is the truth, man. And he's sitting there and like, Morell takes his jersey off and Floyd says, and I know exactly where he's coming from, they say, can you take your jersey off? And what he means is, is there an MLB rule against taking your jersey off before you cross home plate? And frankly, there might be because MLB sucks. But like, he's like, can you take your jersey off? I don't know. Maybe. Look at that boy. And he just goes on for a solid minute. And he's just like, oh, God took his time with that kid. And it is perfection. It is beautiful. I love that Cliff Lloyd is on Marquee Sports Network. I love that Christopher Morell is a Chicago Cub. I love that we had like seven calls of that home run and all of them were brilliant in different ways. And I could talk about it for 40 minutes or so. so Danny, I hope that's all you have left planned for the show. Well, well look, look, look at the, <laughs> check out the win probability in this game. I'm putting up a chart for the podcast listeners. So, you know, you start 50, 50 Cubs or White Sox could win. And by the really the top of the fifth, we were sitting there at, you know, a pretty good, like 75% chance that the White Sox were going to win this game. This game, this climbed to about 90% chance by the eighth inning. And then it precipitously dropped in the ninth inning. And um, it's it just a thing of beauty, especially against the White Sox. Now, the worrisome thing is if you look at these games, like in the game that we lose, we only get the five hits. You you rate you don't get this heroic performance and an unlikely Nick Magical basket homer and you might be looking at two White Sox losses and four losses in a row if you consider that you've then lost the first game to KC who's even worse than the White Sox so it's like so it wasn't a great you win three you lose two but you know um, yeah they got. They got lucky once uh, Clevenger went out of that game because he was he was owning them. He was just dominating that lineup every inning, and uh, it was super annoying because I can't stand that guy. He he, I can't stand his windup. It looks like an insane person dancing, and. It, yeah, yeah, what if, it, what if we podcasted the- like that? We're like, okay, Michael, you want to say something? And I just like move back and forth like a, <laughs> like an insane person. Like, yeah, it, like in a, in a padded room trying to self-console. Is what I, I, have, like. I have to assume that that man's like, uh, you know, success as a pitcher is just based on that herky-jerky crazy motion that everybody like hitters just – can't help but get just confused by what the hell is about to happen. And then all of a sudden the ball is halfway to the plate. Yeah. So. And, and he was carving this up and so is freaking Tuki Toussaint. So like, you know, it's, it was, it was rough. Um, and, and we got to their closer who that was their, his, the, their sort of newish closer. And it was his second night in a row. And uh, I was 
listening to the whites, watching the White Sox version of this, and uh, you know, Steve Stone's talking about how this was like a big deal for this kid to be out there two nights in a row and try to lock this down like he did the night before. And he just, he wasn't quite up to it. Okay. I have to jump in here for one second. I'm glad you were listening to the White Sox version of this because maybe my favorite part of this whole thing is that Jason Benetti in the call right before Morrell hits the home run is like, it's like the eye of a hurricane in here for a moment. And then Morrell hits the home run and they call the walk off and the whole thing. In the postgame, Morrell, with the aid of a Spanish translator, explains that Wilson once told him that in moments like that, you need to be like the eye of a hurricane and reach within yourself and find yourself and just have that moment. Let me just tell you, Christopher Morrell giving Wilson Contreras credit in that moment is 10-10, recommend 100%. I am here for it all day. The Cubs might want all of us to forget that Wilson Contreras had a huge impact on this team and is still having a huge impact on this team. But Christopher Morrell refuses to let that be the case. And for and, and I thought it. I mean, I don't know who else thought it, but like I thought it. Two strikes, he steps away, takes time, does the thing. He was definitely channeling that moment where Wilson told him, you know, take a deep breath, do your thing, buddy. And now we know the words. We know the exact words. And it's the I... eye of a hurricane. And Jason Benetti, how good is Jason Benetti to get that from the moment? Like, I just want to pause for a second and say, we in Chicago have a unbelievable amount of broadcasting riches. Jason Benetti and Steve Stone are great. Len Casper is great. Boog Shambi is the worst of a very good pantheon of great in Chicago because Pat Hughes is great. Benetti. Lloyd is great, and Beth Moens is great, and JD is great, and Miguel Esparza is. Yeah, that was my no. favorite call of all of them on that. And uh, you know, it's it it's funny because like when Benetti was talking about high, I have a hurricane. Uh, you know, freaking Boog's probably talking about eyeglasses or something. You know, like or his shoes or you know, just like never talking about. And and I saw a a Giants broadcast. Did you see that crazy play? where uh, the ball bounced. I think it was the Giants. It bounced off the top of the wall, and then it bounced along the wall, and it ended up being like an inside-the-park home run because it was just took this crazy bounce. They had somebody uh, – they had one of those guest people on the on the game at the time, and they didn't even call the play. It was this insane play. The guys running around the bases, and they're just like, yeah, so the event is on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. And I'm like – and the guy's like scoring, everybody's going nuts. Like, and you know, that's, I think the problem with a lot of the TV broadcasts is they're get locked up into this other extracurricular crap. And they, they're not even allowed. Like even like Pat Hughes has to do like, Oh, and that strikeout brought to you by gold Coast, Coast bank in the middle of his story. But um, one thing I hope, and I'm, I'm going to suggest this to Billy DeVore because they've been really putting out great morel material at in the clutch shirts so they got this one the morel destroyer shirt which is modeled quite handsomely here by our man bill sugas he posted this on the ranters page and um i, I you know what i'm gonna drop a link for this in the chat and you get 10 percent off with code sunranta for the morel destroyer shirt but how about a morel eye of the hurricane shirt oh Care that would be it. good yeah, yeah. And in, in Spanish, like do one in Spanish. 
Yeah, well, I'm hurricane and huracan. It's like the same word. <laughs> yeah, but ojo like, del huracan. Yeah, but it's ojo. You know, it's ojo, ojo de la huracan. It's people would look at it. Yeah, and have to figure it out. I'm in. I th- I think the it's got an accent mark in there too to spice it up a little bit. Um, we do we do so- accent marks. <laughs> oh, but not if it's huracan yeah, because we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Connie's canceled. <laughs> so, um. And somebody put in the notes here that the fan that caught Morell's ball had a White Sox hat and a Bears jersey. Who, who put that in the notes? I, I put that in the notes because I was really like when he hits that home run and I see the dude go for it. Uh, he's wearing like a Justin Fields Bears jersey. And I'm just like, this is exact. This is a freaking White Sox Cubs game where the dude catching the home run is wearing a Bears jersey. Like, not for either team. Like, yeah, I'm here. I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> but I think he, the the hat was brown. I couldn't really see it, but I think it had a black uh, Sox logo on it. But I'm not mm. sure. Um, so, yeah, anyway. I think it was a White Sox we, fan. So, anyway, we... Well, and Crawley, I heard, was complaining about so many White Sox fans being in the stadium. He's And he was pissed at Cub fans for selling their season tickets to White Sox fans. Whatever. Whatever. That's, it's yeah. their World Series. It's their World yeah. Series, and it is a passing through couple of games for Cubs fans. I mean, I will say, I went on Tuesday, and I may never go to the Crosstown Classic again. Because, frankly, like, it was... Look, there's always some people at Wrigley Field who don't know the difference between a fly ball and a home run. But these people, like any ball hit in the air, it could be a pop out to the shortstop. They're just like, yeah, screaming like it's a home, it's <laughs> They're a home just run. Happy. I'm like, this is bonkers that Dansby Swanson is going to catch that ball. Like, I don't know what's going on right now. But also, <laughs> long about the sixth inning, people are just like, why hasn't there been a fight yet? And I'm in like 106. I'm not in like the bleachers or like, some area where you think there's like this is like down in the lower yeah. grade. People like they're like why, why hasn't there fight? been a fight? Like, because we're at Wrigley, people. We're not at the great. We're not at the cell. We're not doing dumb shit all the time. Like, well, we are, but it's in the bleachers. Or well, and, and, and if we're annoying, doing it to ourselves too. We're, the annoying we're fighting dumb each other. Shit that Cubs fans do is like get uh, Atlanta fans to help them build a fucking Cubs snake. But that's like. We're working together with the other fans. It's not <laughs> fighting with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I kind of wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. It's, those are not fun games uh, to go to. It, I don't enjoy them anymore. It's a, yeah, it's just too charged of a situation. Well, um, you're paying like three times as much to go yeah, watch it's, it was 70... with people who like want to hit people in the face and don't understand that you have to watch the outfielder on a fly ball. I agree. It was $70 on a Tuesday, and I'm like, and eh, no. Um, so let's get into this Royals. That Man, this this Royals team is pesky. That Bobby kid, Bobby Witt Jr. kid, I mean, he's the real deal. I saw he was drafted right after uh, the Orioles guy, Rutschman. Um, so, I mean, he's he was the real deal. Hit, hit a couple of – did he have two home runs in the series? I forget, but he was just always a thorn in the side. And he, people he had were, like six you know, or seven hits throughout the three games. Like, he was constantly getting on. Yeah, and uh, you know, and because of it, we lost, but we threw out that getaway day lineup, the lefty lineup, and you know, oh my I know, God. 
I don't know. It's the Morell leadoff thing. It's Patrick Wisdom at the end of it. And not only did Patrick Wisdom play first base and botched a couple of balls again, he's got more errors than anybody on the team. And yet we like give him chance after chance after chance of being out there. And then at the end of that game, when the game was on the line and you could have had something going on, is this the Madrigal pinch hit game or is that, no, that, that was a, was that Tuesday? That was Tuesday. That was against the White Sox where they had Madrigal yeah. pinch hit um, in that game. But still, it's, a, it's the, same, the, the same thought process here. Why is Patrick Wisdom in the game if you're going to need somebody else later in the game to clean up the mess that he, he made? Look, I like Patrick Wisdom a lot. I waxed a little bit poetic about Patrick Wisdom in a lineups piece that I wrote earlier this week looking at ways that the Cubs could more effectively put this left-handed lineup out and not look like fools every single time. And But here's the problem. Patrick Wisdom is not a first baseman. And you see it every time he tries to make a play over there. He His instincts on which way to go for a ball that's on the ground are wrong. Like he reads balls incorrectly all the time. He also doesn't know where he's supposed to back people up or how or when. He does this Olay thing. Like, if you're a major league fan, you're like, ah, don't give me that Olay bullshit, Dorn. Like, that is Patrick Wisdom on a throw to first base, like, all the goddamn time. And I am pretty over it. Like, I, the problem isn't that Patrick Wisdom shouldn't play. He should. He's got light tower power. The man, so I happened to look this up for this piece. On a career leaderboard, if you sort it by ISO, which is the stat that is all about how often you hit for extra bases and home runs, Patrick Wisdom slots between Willie Mays and Joe DiMaggio. That is how good the power is. The power is unreal, Hall of Fame, epic power. The problem is that that is the only characteristic that Patrick Wisdom has in common with Willie Mays and Joe DiMaggio. Like, he doesn't have the glove. He doesn't have the versatility. He strikes out 35% of the time. Like the man is not a first baseman. I would rather see Patrick Wisdom at third, Cody Bellinger at first, or even Jamar Candelario at first. He has not looked so outmatched there. I just, Patrick Wisdom is not a first baseman. Stop putting him there. Well, you know, here's what I wish. I wish the Cubs were in the American League. So they had a position for him like DH. It's just... It's really frustrating that we live in this National League bullshit where there's no DH and Patrick Wisdom has to play a fucking position. Can we please trade him to somebody in the American League so he can fucking play where he's supposed to play, which is DH? Well, I I was kind of expecting that he would have been one that maybe that they were shopping around because you kind of have him in that, well, Morel is now your – because you – Morell, right? Because Morell is not good enough. Even though he's good enough to play every position, he's not good enough to play one position. One position, and yeah. it's better to run Patrick Wisdom out there at whatever he's doing than to ever let Morell play defense. Yeah, well, it- Morell playing defense is is out the window. He's he's the DH. 
I don't understand. Well, a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, Alfie says, have some respect for the Cubs home run leader. That is <laughs> that is true. But we did. We called him Joe DiMaggio. So he's, we got that going for him. For And uh, also, DJR pointed out that Madrigal did pinch it. That was on Friday. I was like, I, th- I think I'm missing up two games. But I, he, maybe this no, is No, he, he did it both times. Oh, my that's God. What he, that's what he's saying. He, he Madrigal pinched it for oh wisdom God. on Friday again. Again. Which which yeah. begs to wonder. And I saw that uh, Michael Cerami, our good friend uh uh tweeted out something just really obvious which is if you were putting wisdom in the game because you wanted somebody good against lefties and then you pinch hit for him against the lefty with another righty then he shouldn't have been in the game to begin with like at that point just make freaking magical the DH, you know, if you like him so much in the big moment. Because the thing that bothered me is at that point, Ross is pay- playing for the tie. He's not even yeah. playing for the win there. I don't remember who said this, but somebody in the Bleed Cubby Blue comment section called them Wistrigal this week. <laughs> <laughs> and Mastragonigal, I, remember that? We used to- I am very here for Wistrigal because have two players ever been more different? than Nick Madrigal and Patrick Wisdom. Like one yeah. of these dudes is a plus contact dude who has no power. The other dude is like a only power guy who can barely make contact with the ball. It's they like both da- would like to be third baseman. It's like Danny so- DeVito and, and, uh, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's- I, see, I was actually thinking uh, Mad Max, right? Master blaster. And you have uh, Patrick Wisdom go to the plate and he's got his bat, but then uh, Nick Madrigal sitting on his shoulders because he's tiny, and he's got a bat too, and you just don't know which one's going to hit it. Um, so the, th- <laughs> the thing about the Friday game, this is where the Cubs will get you every time, is that even though they looked really anemic and they still didn't get a lot of hits in this game, uh, oh, um, actually they got 10 hits in this game. They out-hit the Royals, but they did not outscore them. They lost 4-3. to three. Um, you had Morel leading off, which I want to talk about. But it was a really fun day in the bleachers. Like, look at this. Like, here we are with Park- Danny Parkins and Spiegel and our friend Josh. And there's Bleacher Jeff. We're all out there having a great time. And then, like, there's uh, our other friend Josh with Cody Del Mendo. And there's Captain Cubbo taking a picture of him in the mother- summer of Mike Tockman shirt. And then we had this crew going on. Like, we have... Ari and Josh and his daughter Claire and Matt Cameron was at the game. Ronnie Wu was sitting with us for a while. Like you know, there's uh, I uh, haven't we haven't seen or at least I haven't seen a Ronnie Wu anything for quite a while. Dude, I had a Ronnie Wu encounter today, and we don't need to talk about it. Oh no, uh oh. Maybe we'll God. end the show with your Ronnie Woo Woo encounter. We don't um, have to. We don't have to. <laughs> but it, but it was really just one of those games where it was like, <clears throat> be seen and see people, and just like it was so much fun. I saw Sutcliffe that day. Like it was just so much fun to be at the ballpark, and it felt like we won, and we didn't because, like I said, and that's where they'll get you every freaking time, you know, with this damn team. And well, I, it felt like that in the bleachers, maybe, but watching it at home did not feel like that for any of us. But we watching got, it from the grandstand felt kind of like a loss, but like a loss you could kind of be okay with. It was a beautiful day. Beautiful See, day. I was just so frustrated. Air and water that- show. Yeah, we got planes flying over, a C-130 or whatever the hell it's called. But if they just I, put out a good lineup, they just win the game. Yeah, that would have been like, just win the game 
anyway, this is okay. We just played two really crappy teams for five games. We went three and two. We are plus one in the run differential over those five games. It is not a good situation. Like I know yeah, three and two is better than two and three. It's better than losing a lot, but should have been the reason that we didn't gain anything is because the Brewers are down beating the living crap out of the fucking Rangers. And we're losing one game to the Sox and one game to the Royals in the worst division that there's ever, well, almost the worst division that's ever been in baseball. We're not the American League. It could be worse. Uh, the AL Central is far and away the worst division in baseball. No, that's saving, what I'm saying. We're losing speculation. AL, we're we're losing to AL Central teams. They're the worst division in baseball. Like they are so bad, and yet we're losing. And I get it. It was only two games that they lost, but one of those games was a heroic comeback, and the Royals played the tough. All and one games. of the games they did play is tough, but we could have and should have won that game if you don't run that stupid lineup out there. Yeah, well, Bellinger won game two basically by himself uh, by hitting two two belly bombs. Yeah, he had he had four RBI. Oh, I have to talk about this, Danny. Can I have thirty seconds to talk yeah, about this? Go for it. Okay, those Cody Bellinger home runs are absolute monuments to what a hit tool that dude has. So it's sorry to be that girl for a second, but I spent a lot of time in spray charts and like baseball savant and all that type of thing. And I got a little bit of heat a while back because I said that Cody Bellinger hits for power to the pool side. And people were like, he hits to all fields. And that is true. He does hit the literal baseball to all fields, but he hits to, he hits for power to the pool side. And so the thing about both of those home runs is that they're oppo into the wind out to left, left center. And that's bonkers because that's not where Cody Bellinger ever hits for powers. Well, power. Well, it comes out early, later in the game that Cody Bellinger is the only dude who took batting practice for the Chicago Cubs on Saturday. And he spent the whole time taking curveballs oppo. So Cody Bellinger is apparently the dude who can wake but, up in the morning and be like, the wind is blowing out to left. And I am just going to try to hit some home runs out to left and we'll see what happens. And he has a two home run game. That is bonkers. Yeah. That is plus hit Palooza. I have never seen anything like it, and I am here for it. it yeah, I I actually mentioned that on Cubs Pod because I'm I was listening to that game, and you know Pat and Ron are talking all game about the wind is blowing out. They were expecting a ton of home runs, but literally, Cody Bellinger is the only guy out there that was just like, you know. How about I just lift the ball as high as I can towards left field and just see what happens? Because uh, I, I think it's Taylor was out there on that first home run. He thought he had a play on that. The, the left fielder, right? Yeah, and he climbed. He climbed, he climbed the, the Ivy. He, he thought he had crazy. a play on it all I've the way. I've never seen anyone try to do that. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, just I, I, I the, never have either. That's insane. But grab like, the basket, pull yourself up, and catch the ball. That would be so freaking epic. That would be amazing. But <laughs> I think the the trajectory, the the height of the ball and everything, the trajectory, I think he thought it was coming down. I thought he thought he was going to get a warning track catch, and that ball landed two rows back because of the wind. Yeah. It, but that was I'm, brilliant. Yeah. And and uh, I, I'm going to Pittsburgh next weekend. 
Um, our friend John Baker, who's now the Pittsburgh Pirates farm director from uh, uh, such games as the night the backup catcher got the win back in 2014, um, he told uh, me that he could get me tickets to the game next Sunday. And I said, oh, you know, that's great. I'm like, is there anything that I can bring you from Chicago that you're missing? And he said, Cody Bellinger. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm like, he'll be there a, a day before me on Thursday, but unfortunately, be he'll be still wearing a blue hat. I'm like, but you can have Tucker Barnhart for free, no problem. In fact, the Cubs will pay him to be on the Pirates if you would like. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's you know, Belly. What are we going to do without him? I mean, I I can't imagine uh, the Cubs without him next year, and. Um, that he single-handedly won that game on Saturday. Uh, I wouldn't uh, steel was great. The bullpen was, uh, it's been a little bit iffy lately. You know, Alzali today had a little bit of a rough inning trying to close the game out. And, um, you know, let no, me just, I mean, he, he only gave up the one hit though. Like it's, he tends to, it seems like they get one hit on him. It just was a little Shakespeare and, you know, and like yeah. in, in that game on Saturday, like, there was not a clean inning from a single reliever. There was no one, two, threes. Everybody either walked or got a hit and like, you yeah. know, but, but like, I talked about that Expect perfection from the bullpen. These guys are relievers for a reason. Like they're, they're not going to give you perfect. Well, and, and Ross, good, they do. Time. Ross GPT kind of screwed that up with Fulmer going out there, getting two outs and uh, having one guy get a, you know, get on and then he pulls him. And brings in Lighter. Lighter's a good pitcher. He's a really good pitcher, but nobody's as good a pitcher when you have to jump into a game immediately with a guy on second base and try and throw. And then they score the run. That goes on Fulmer. I think you leave Fulmer in and he probably gets that out. Yeah. The guy, you know? I, like, I, I looked it up. He's got a sub two ERA since the start of June. And you're telling me that guy can't get one more freaking out? Like, come on. He got the first two. Some guy got on. And sometimes it's even a nickel-dime hit. Like, Well, it know. wasn't even the first. The the last guy got on. I think he he got a – I think he struck a guy out. Then a guy got on. And then he had to face one more, and he got that guy out. And it's like, yeah, it's not even like somebody hit him really hard in the last guy he faced. It was, it's ridiculous. It's that, and that's where the Ross GPT stuff comes in. And that's where all this, you know, these numbers are taking too much uh, importance, too much precedence within this, because it's just, I think everybody, everybody out there knew Fulmer could just go ahead and finish this up and get out of the inning. And yet they pulled him anyway. Sarah, I don't know if you were at the game today, um, but you were okay. Well, on the broadcast, and I don't know, Michael, if you listen on the radio or on the TV, but this was one of the rare games I actually tuned into the marquee broadcast. And, um, and I'm just going to sum it up with, with this, because they had a contest winner do an inning of play-by-play, and she was total amateur and, you know, didn't do a very good job of the play-by-play. But I thought this was funny from uh, decipio.com. 
said only the Cubs would foist an auction winner on the broadcast and it becomes less annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and it was true. Like she actually did a pretty good job. I mean, whatever. And I, I like what uh, uh, Bill Suga said, said, thanks Libby. The greatest gift was no boog that half inning. <laughs> Cause he just didn't say anything. And Sut was on there and you know, he's going to cancel himself any second. Like it's really just coming. <laughs> I, I don't know when it's going to be, but it's so exciting. It's like, it's like, it's like watching a trapeze artist, like with no net underneath, but he's like 500 feet in the air, just doing twirls in the air. Just, you're like, oh, this guy's going to die probably, but you know, maybe he'll catch on to the hands at the last minute. And he just does by the fingertips. And you know, that's, that's such broadcast. Okay. He's- well, first thing, Sut is great. The Cubs have not had someone like Sutcliffe in a booth since Ron Santo. Uh, he's channeling the Ron Santo, Harry Carey, I am a fan who lives and dies by this team, and I don't care what any of the rest of you say, or logic, or reality, or anything. like. Yeah, yeah. But- he's, not, he's not calling a game. He's calling his fandom. He can, is. I you, can I tell you one more thing that happened with Sut on the broadcast? His, his, his phone went off. I'm surprised he didn't have like a custom like weird. He just had like the regular Nokia sound or whatever. And so that thing goes off and then Boo gives him shit about it. He's like, hey, you know, you're supposed to turn your phone off in the broadcast. And something was like, you know, there's a hurricane coming to San Diego. <laughs> He started talking about it. <laughs> that's why he had his phone on it just in case like his wife got caught in the category one or something. I, I actually texted my sister at that time who lives in Carlsbad and I was like, What's going on with the, the hurricane? She's like, It's lightly raining. And I was like, Wait, oh, okay. Well, well number one in San Diego. There is a hurricane. Yes, there is. Right. No, but where does he live? Like, why? San Diego, San Diego. Oh, so he does actually live there. Okay. He lives there. there. Okay. Number one, so say we all. Sut, I hope your family is okay. And like, I would leave my phone on if I was worried about my family too. But number two, I just, the best part of watching Rick Sutcliffe call a baseball game is that he is all of us. He is the dude who's like, that wasn't a swing. And then they show the replay and it's like clearly a swing. And it's like, ah, that umpire shouldn't be making that call at that point in the game. You know, it's just like all of the little things that you do as a fan. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, Rick Sutcliffe is absolutely great. He should be in a booth for as long as he wants to be in one. The problem, I, I think I'm on the outs with a lot of Cubs fans in that I like Boog. Boog is fine. Like, I don't see anything wrong with Boog. What I see in Boog, and y'all can disagree with me, that's fine. Oh, we do. I know. Very, very much so. Boog reminds me of the first, like, three years of Len Casper, when everybody was like, Len Casper doesn't get it, and he doesn't understand, and he's he's not from here. And, like, I think Boog is that. Like, he hasn't figured it out yet. What's wild to me is, to go back to the Christopher Morell home run for a second, Boog's call of the Christopher Morrell home run is the best call Boog has as a Cubs announcer. It's a great call. He's into it. He's excited. He punctuates walk it off in a way you can hear the exclamation point at like every moment. He's screaming like you know his voice is going to be sore from the way he called that later. And also, it's worse than Miguel Esparza's call. It's worse than Pat Hughes's call. It's worse than... Len Katz first call, See, it's worse in, than Jason Benetti's call. What I was call. just going like, to say is, it's not hard 
to call a walk-off home run. That's that's the easy call. That's the fun one. That's the one that everybody's into. What's hard is to call the other eight and two-thirds innings and actually pay attention to what's on the field. And that's when you're comparing them to Len, people may not have liked Len early on, but Len paid attention to the game. If you didn't like him, it wasn't because he was talking about his shoes or, you know, telling you about some story that happened on ESPN or whatever. Like he, he wasn't getting a camera shot of himself for no reason. Like that never happened with Len. And that's why we don't like Shambi. He's just not, he, I don't know what he thinks the game is because when he's on the radio, he's good. The dude is wonderful. Yeah. He's absolutely freaking top notch. Amazing. Calling the game. If he's on the radio and I hear, I'll, I'll listen to that game. He's great at it. So I know he can do it. But something, there's a disconnect. As part soon as it, he's got a camera, he thinks that he's supposed to be the well, show. And part of it, I think, is the marquee, just like the way that they approach the broadcast, because that's your Taylor McGregor. Beth Mullins and JD are up there. They don't ever cut to him. Not a single time. Yeah. They don't cut to him. That's marquee. That's marquee. Boog doesn't make those decisions of where to cut. That's a producer. But why are you doing I, it only for Boog then? They and like you don't run. do it for the other people. Probably because Gambi is happy to be on the camera. He wants people to look at his dumb ass. I don't think that's it. I, I, I agree with Danny. This is a marquee decision, not a who decision. I would agree with you guys if they did it for every broadcast team. And we know that there's 53 different broadcast teams. And if they did it for all of them, then I would agree with you guys. But they don't. They only do it for Shambi. And it might be their idea but everyone else seems to like say no don't do that if they want to cut to them right because we don't get all those stupid split screens and garbage yeah but (laughs) i i also think that it is magnified with boog's time because he's the main play-by-play dude so like he gets every three-man booth he gets every joe girardi he gets every Mark Grace is hanging out in the booth. He gets every like random thing that is going to happen that the Cubs try to throw in there in a way that Beth Moens does not like Beth Moens gets like six games a year. And and for the record, you want to give me a booth of Beth Moens and Jim Deshays for an entire season. No, I'm here for it. I'm I'm so here for it. I think that is the best, one of the best booths I've ever heard in my life. And I would love, to hear Beth Moens call an entire season of Cubs baseball. But I, I think a lot of this is not on Boog. Like I think Boog is fine. I, I really He's have no fine. rage towards He's the guy. Fucking I, terrible I think Mark at his he job. decisions that are not good sometimes. He's fucking terrible at his job. I'm sorry. <laughs> Except when he's on the radio and you like listening to him. That's a different job. That's the same job. That's not the Cubs. job that he has. It when he goes to the, the radio. Job. Len Casper no longer calls games on TV. Do you know why? He has a different job, and it's called the radio. He does a different job now. When Shambi is doing the radio job, he's great. When he's on TV, he wants to be on TV. He wants them to fucking show him. 
Like he sucks. I don't think, I don't think it's him. Yeah, everything I, but the fucking game. He acts I, like, oh well, you can see the game on the TV, so I don't need to pay attention to it. I don't think Boog has that type of control over this. For example, he today, has every bit of control over what he fucking says. He does not have to talk about his shoes. Nobody has to talk about the goddamn shoes unless they want to. Okay, well, your your worries about shoes is like weird, but also <laughs> every broadcaster has little bits of their personal life that they bring into the broadcast. It's called color and being a human. Okay, I, I you and I, I showed up. At, you and I showed up today for the San Ranto show and danny had a script and we were like yo that's the script and we're not following it at all right now by the well, way we're that's like that, that's regular right up doing we our own do. thing that, that, we, no, never, we, that, that's we never do that's yeah, not that's, how we run it yeah but no so look <laughs> either way if Libby, you like Shiami, better... that's fine you like him that's fine i don't it's not even that I you like, like him. him i just I don't think, think he's, he's a, bad i think he's a terrible yeah. broadcaster and i think he's not good at his job because i listen or i watch whenever i turn on the game I always go to the other team's announcers because I cannot stand Shambi. He, he, I can't listen to him for a whole game. He's horrible. And when I listen to these other games, do you know what I hear? The game. And that's why I like them. They're not all good, but they're all better than Shambi because they pay attention to the game. And that's what I'm watching. And Shambi does not do that. And that's the problem. Um, can I can I bring up one of my TFs? It is my TFC for tonight too. It actually because there was quite a bit of uh, boog criticism, even though it was the best call or, or that he maybe has ever had of a walk off. It was not the best call that the Cubs had, and so somebody was so somebody was giving him some crap about it, and. Um, uh, Marquee Sports Network, they tweet out the video of Christopher Morrell walking it off. And uh, Cujo Nose said, a tagged Boog Shambi and said, couldn't even give us a Cubs win? Come on, man. And Boog Shambi, in all lowercase, just said, Cubs win. So he tweeted, sad, he tweeted at the guy. Boog. I feel bad for Boo. Yeah, it, it's gotten to the point where I feel bad, especially when Michael Cotton goes off on about like, oh, what if he's watching right now and he just thinks we all hate him? No, and and and, and Sarah, look, I'm not yelling at you. Look, everybody, people like different people, and I'm all for that. If you just say you like him, that's fine. I don't like him, and I think there's reasons that he's actually not good at the job. We can disagree, but the only reason I get – frustrated and upset it's because i dislike shambi that much he is the worst thing since uh who is the douchebag from arizona that fucking called with uh len casper oh, back Bre- in the day? bob brenly yeah brenly he's the worst thing since brenly brenly is worse than shambi but they're the top two they're the worst ones I, I have for, for much different reasons, but they're both horrific. Well, Chip was terrible. He I was, would never listen to a game Chris Myers calls again. That was the worst I've ever heard. Oh, Chris Myers. Yeah, that's bad. My See, point it, is merely that, like, <laughs> Boog, okay, here's how I look at Boog. I think of Boog as, like, a slightly above average play-by-play dude in a media market that is used to perfection. And a media market that is used to 
Len Casper and Harry Carey and Jim Deshays and Miguel Esparza and Pat Hughes is just not going to be cool with what Boog is currently bringing. Uh, David Elliott in the chat had a really good point, which I thought was great, which is that Boog is a national dude calling Cubs games. And part of the reason that he has failed to take off with Cubs fans is because he does not act like a Cubs fan. Now, to that end, Beth Mullins is a national gal who's doing Cubs games. And you never feel that way when you hear Beth Mullins call a Cubs game. When you hear her call a Cubs game, feel like that girl was raised, born and raised in Chicago and cheering for the Cubs. So like I it's because she's I'm good at her job. She understands Luke what the job is. Doesn't the have the job work is not her. It's the game. A lot and of people what she don't pays like, attention to, but a lot of people don't like Beth Moens either. So, like you know, there's you see a lot of that comment. In fact, I can't see that say that there's probably anybody except for maybe Pat Hughes that probably doesn't get any criticism. You know, and that's going to be fine. Like you're going to like things and don't like things and stuff. But either way, we're we're overdue for a break. Um, we should we should we should take it. We won th- three games. We lost two. It's it's going to be and we'll preview it in a little bit, but it's on to Detroit and then Pittsburgh after that. <laughs> but but we want to talk. But there's a lot going on with the yeah. team besides the announcers. And that is that we really have a lot that happened this week as far as our starting rotation goes, as far as maybe some of the help that we may need coming up. Um it, Possibly in the future, there's a couple spots on the 40 man. I want to talk about all that stuff, but we do need to take a commercial break, mostly because I have to pee. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so we'll be right back. Please subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sunranta. You get a daily Cubs pod if you uh, subscribe to it, and uh, we'll be right back. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we are back on the Sun Ranto Show. Hashtag chance in the chat. If you haven't yet, you could win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. I have one right here to show everybody. There it is. Got a bunch out this weekend. You're going to be entered to win a fabulous signed ant killing dollar by uh, Ron Coomer here. Ron Coomer signed. <laughs> so um, I do also want to mention um, about uh, the uh, the Patreon subscribers. There is a uh, free trial that you can do as well. If you just want to try it out, see if you like being a Patreon member, you get uh, special messages to your inbox. You can join at any level on the free trial. So just go try it out. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Get a week for free. And um, that's all I have to say about that. All right, let's talk about what's going on uh, with Marcus Stroman and our starting rotation right now. Because it was a weird week for Stroh. We thought he was going to come back and pitch on Wednesday. Instead, he did not. Um, And it was a bit of a surprise because it was announced. Not announced, announced. But like Megan Montemuro said, Stroh's coming back Wednesday. And then um, we find out he's got a rib cartilage tear, fracture, like fracture. Well, it's cartilage. I never think of cartilage as fracturing. I think of it as tearing. You know what I mean? Well, let me tell you, I have a nose ring and that's cartilage that is about as strong as the cartilage in your ribs. And it hurt a lot because you were punching like you're punching a needle through some tissue there that is real strong. I mean, I I honestly thought this was kind of stunning. I everything I know about Stroman is that he's in wicked good good shape and I don't know how you would get this injury. Um, a friend of mine got this injury once she had whooping cough and coughed herself into a rib cartilage fracture. Uh, that doesn't seem like what happened with Marcus Stroman. I truly have no idea how this happened. I think it could be okay if, and this is a real big if, Javier Assad continues to deal because Javier Assad has been absolutely nails doing what Javier Assad does to be like a fourth, fifth starter. Yeah. What what game did he have this week? It was that against the white Sox, or it was against the white Sox. And and, and I just want to add in one more element. Jamison Tyon has to be Jamison Tyon of the last seven games, not Jamison Tyon of April and March. Um, Because Jamison Tyon, theoretically what, like in that little mini stretch since like the Yankees game, he is Marcus Stroman. They are, they are functionally identical pitchers in terms of what they can do, 
quality starts, how many runs they give up, like the whole thing. The problem is that Jamison Tyon has not been that dude all year uh, until recently. And so if Jamison Tyon is that dude and Javier Assad is the dude he's been recently, I actually think the Cubs are totally fine with this news. But those are two really big ifs. Yeah, and then you yeah. got Hendo, who got babbipped to death by the White Sox because those were all BS hits in the in the in the runs that he gave up in the loss. It the, really the wasn't his contact. fault. Yeah. Weak contact, yeah, the whole thing. He got babbipped to death, and then uh, today he pitched really good. You know, against uh, the Royals, he, he he did a really great job, and um, that game was almost a two-hour game, a sub-two-hour game until they uh, until Alzali had a bit of a rough inning, but. Yeah, I, God, it's but is there's not the ace though. You know what I mean? You still don't have that like one two punch, you know, that maybe that they have up in Milwaukee or you know, and I know there's not a lot of those ace guys around. Not every team gets to have one. Why the Cubs don't have one, I don't know, but we've got a, a pretty good well, I do know it's Ricketts is cheap, but <laughs> I was right, gonna say because, the Cubs the Cubs traded their ace to San Diego for a bunch of yeah, teenagers. I was, I was thinking the exact same thing, Sarah. Yeah, we can have Darvish for a team that's going to miss the playoffs. Thanks, Tom. Back to Stroman. I want to put up because it was a weird week for Stroman. I'm going to put this up. This is from Cubs Insider. Evan Altman wrote this about it. Is that Stroman, when he, on Friday, he goes up to the press box cafeteria during the game, in the middle of the game, so he can explain his injury to the media. Now, this, this is a dude that, you know, he's tweets out about his extension. He's, he's very aware of his presence on media. And he, I mean, he tweets dumb anti-Semitic crap. Like he's, he's, he knows what he's doing, or at least he thinks he knows what he's doing, whether he's good at it or not. I mean, I don't think so actually personally, but um, the, but to do this is pretty unorthodox to go and explain your injury. And maybe he was just trying to get ahead of it so that they weren't going to be like, Oh, he's, he's weak sauce. He didn't get traded in the trade deadline. They won't extend him. Here's a guy that opted out during COVID. If you remember, he didn't want to play that year, which, you know, you fine. You know, that makes all the sense in the world that you wouldn't want to be playing baseball during a global pandemic. I get that, but it all adds up the tweets, the, you know, the controversy, the, the, every single town he's ever pitched in had they have, he has a problem with, and they have a problem with him. So like this, just, it's just the track record that we're looking at. And Sarah, you said it yourself, you can get this from coughing by having violent whooping cough, but it's this injury. Uh, Evan reports is normally from severe blunt force trauma that I guess happened when he was, Throwing a bullpen and fielding grounders. Okay, hold on, hold on. Danny, you just said that uh, Sarah said that whooping cough could cause this. And didn't we also hear that uh, Strowman possibly got busted with weed up in Canada? Yeah, I did not and see that. I, I, it, it's one of those weird, hey, it's that was one a of rumor. weird rumors. But look, when you hear weird rumors, and weird things are going on, and you start to put the pieces together. I know I could have injured myself after. There's a, no way <laughs> after a after a very ferocious bong rip. I have been 
on the ground crying, <laughs> coughing too. Coughing, you know? Just coughing my brains yeah. out. And I'm just saying, look, yeah. there are rumors. This is not why I brought up whooping cough. He just, he just, just, you know, took I can't get hit. He started hacking really hard. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he tore his cartilage or broke it. This or makes whatever. me like Strowman more. No, I'm just kidding. So, I mean, it, it all just kind of, I mean, to me, I'm just saying it all adds One up. of his friends gave him a Heimlich while he was hacking. That'll know? do it. That Heimlich could probably do it. Maybe he was choking. Like, it made me think it was you from can't tell you he's choking because he just took a, he, he, he had a, a mouthful of Cheetos and he took a hit. <laughs> I was thinking more like a yoga pose gone bad because I've seen Strowman do some wild ass like headstands and shit. Especially when you're smoking weed. Wouldn't he just say Don't that? Don't do yoga on weed, kids. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. the new PSA. Lose your balance. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but also, just... though, we don't, we have no idea how long it takes a rib cartilage fracture to heal. Like, Neither I imagine they. it's less time than a bone, right? Like, bones are worse than cartilage i don't yeah. know sprains are sometimes harder than a bone i don't know cartilage is bad it's kind of a soft tissue sort of thing because it's so it you're making this up cotton there's no way you know this there's no way you know the healing <laughs> time of cartilage there's i can't, no I, I, can't no, afford... I, I think the cartilage is bad like a, a bone you can set and cartilage you can't do much with it just well, Alfie is not only shocked that we are going to talk about prospects, which we, we are not to, going to talk no, about we, prospects. No, What's we're going to talk about, about people that might be on the Cubs soon because Marcus Stroman is gone. But um, okay, okay, also, yeah, but also since, since Alfie, we're talking about that, why in the hell are they bringing Master Boney up? Well, we'll get they to that. Wait, 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 Barnhart no, no. to get a spot. No, we'll, and no, I know. Pitcher. We know. We know. I know why script, that was. But we got to talk about this first because we got to talk about this rotation first. Because right. I, because I do want to say that there are arms in Triple A that can maybe help us down the line. I don't know what they're going to do. They're putting Smiley back in the rotation is probably is what they're going to be doing now. They got no days off. This is and so you're losing your long men if you're going to start starting a guy like Wisniewski or Assad who was doing long man duty. So then you're like, well. Aren't you going to bring somebody up eventually? People are pounding the fist, uh, the table on Jordan Wicks. He's not on the 40 man, but they have room, even though they just added who did it? Edwin Usita. I don't know if you heard about this or Ukeda or I don't know how you no, say his name. Who the hell is that? Exactly. I'll get to this too because there are moving parts here. This dude's on the 40 man, guys. Now they just might get let go of him and just give him a shot, but he's got to be on the 40 man to have him. He's been on a bunch of teams, 40 mans. In fact, he's been on like seven different teams, 40 mans in the last year or something like that. So um, here's Jordan Wicks, 229 ERA uh, this week. This is only the last like little bit of time, like the last two weeks of time, because I was yeah, just interested in a hot four hand. Games. Yeah. yeah he Adrian Sampson go to the Rays? Why is Adrian Sampson on this list? Yeah, Adrian's because he had a start within the last 15 games. These are just dudes that... <laughs> well, Adrian I'm, Sampson is definitely on the Rays right now. Yeah, no, he is. But what I'm putting up, Sarah, is the stats from the Iowa Cubs website from this week and or from the last two weeks. And Adrian Sampson had a start so that he's not on this list. He's just in this set of stats. I'm not trying to bring him up as a person that we can bring up. Well, who I'm bringing up is the other people that have had starts within the last couple of weeks. Uh, ben Brown had a little bit of injury. He is on the 40 man. He could p possibly be somebody. Jordan Wicks. 
could be somebody he's, but he's not on the 40 man, but he could be somebody. They, he was uh, drafted high a couple of years ago. Was he first round? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I could be about that. You know, Nick Niedert has taken a lot of no. innings as a starter, but he's been doing terribly, terrible lately. And this is just lately. You got Caleb Killian, who got sent back down um, again after coming up to help the bullpen. So, I don't know. What do you guys what do you guys think is gonna happen here? Like, do you I think Strowman's gone? Personally, I think Strowman might have even pitched his last pitch in a Cubs uniform. I, I actually don't think that because I am not sure that Marcus Strowman, with what he did this year so far and the injuries late, and the July that was an absolute disaster, has pitched his way into opting out of his contract. So yeah, I am I, not I sure that Marcus Stroman has pitched his last pitch for the Chicago Cubs, even if he doesn't pitch again in 2023, because I'm not sure he has pitched his way into a better deal than his option. And I think that he might opt in based on what has happened in the last month and a half. That said, if Marcus Stroman doesn't pitch again for the Chicago Cubs, the name on that list I am most interested in is Ben Brown. It is not close. Uh, I think that Ben Brown has the talent, the skills, and the innings longevity to come up and do some things that would be really interesting for the Chicago Cubs. And I also really liked that he was in double A for like a, a hot minute. He was there for like a game and a half before Jed Hoyer pulled him up to triple A and was like, oh, we don't really want you hanging around double A this year. And, and the reason he didn't want him hanging around double A this year is there's a tacky ball in double A. And they were worried about it messing with Ben Brown's stuff that like the different ball that's being used in double A would preclude his ability to transition to the major league ball later. Only in in baseball do they do weird things like use different freaking balls at different levels just to make people. Well, the issue with Ben Brown is that he's hurt and he's been hurt. And, uh, you know, we don't he hasn't pitched recently. He just he had uh, he was well, then there. Why is and, he on your list when Adrian Samson got traded not, to the Rays on August that's, 1st? That's what I'm trying to tell you. This is not my list. This what is, is this just, list, Danny? This is a screenshot. <laughs> Danny, what's the fucking I, list? I thought I explained <laughs> it, but I will together. I will do it again. I will explain it yet once again. Tell us is that this is a list is on the guys. List. I'm trying to explain it, but you keep talking over me. Well, I don't know what that's all about. It this is a list of people who had starts on the Iowa Cubs in okay, the last who are two we weeks. Supposed to be looking at who are we supposed to be looking at? Everybody not Adrian Sampson and not Ben Brown. But no, Ben Brown is absolutely a possibility. He's just injured right now. I'm, I will explain all these people. <laughs> yes, Adrian Sampson is gone, okay, but well, no, he wasn't wasn't a great option anyway. Um, because he wasn't doing the person who's not on this list is uh, what's his fuck. Um, the uh, the guy who was started the year with it's, oh Keegan I Thompson. Keegan I was say, I was going to say Kate Horton, who is also not on this list, but is right like still interesting. Anyway, Ben Brown yeah. has a lat issue that does not appear serious, according to Sahad of Sharma. I googled it while Danny he, was explaining the list. Would, would his next list. but would his next innings be for the Chicago Cubs as opposed to the Iowa Cubs coming off an injury? Like probably not. You know. Well, here's here's my point on this. It depends on how serious the front office is about the Cubs competing this year. And if I'm the Cubs front office, I look at the lay of the land, and I would be pretty serious about competing this year. The Cardinals are out. They are done. They are gone. Like, you don't have to worry about the Cardinals. They are not a threat at all. 
The Brewers cannot hit. They have two really good starting pitchers and a great closer. And their offense is very hit or miss in terms of its ability to do damage against anyone. The Reds are intriguing and a year too early with no pitching. So, like, if you're the Chicago Cubs, you kind of have a clear shot straight to the postseason if you can win 60% of your games. And you have games against all of these teams. You have games against the Diamondbacks left. You have games against the Giants left. You have games against the Brewers left. You have games against the Reds left. Like, the Cubs are in the Catsbird seat. And if you're in the Catsbird seat and you have the best talent, then you should be willing to call up that brand. Here's the thing, though. If he's not hurt. This team has been better than anybody else in their division all year long. But they don't have a record that matches that because of what Jed and Ross GPT have been doing to them all year long. This team just keeps getting screwed. The players are out there busting their asses, having good seasons, doing what they need to do to win. But there is more to it than just go out and swing the bat. You put things together. You play people at the right spots. And Jed and Ross don't do that. And so when you ask, are they serious about winning? I haven't seen anything to think that Jed Hoyer is serious about winning. The only thing that he's done to this point is follow every goddamn thing we've said, but like a month late. Like yeah, well, everything well, we've said all year long, and I'm not just talking about the Sun Ranto show, I'm talking about fans all, yeah, all in Cubs general. Fans. Yeah, fans in general have understood where this team was, and they've seen that there's a good team that could be playing, and they've been calling for it and calling for it and calling for it. But Jed won't fucking do it. And that's why you're going to get Smiley is going to be back in the rotation. And you bring up Master Boney for fucking Barnhart when you need a pitcher. Yeah. Like, like for example, they will bring up Wicks, but they're going to bring him up like two weeks of the season left, like after the AAA season's over. And they've sent him to, to, to fall camp and they make sure his muscles are the right size or whatever they're looking for. Um, and uh, Little Yumper says, and this is a great point, if they were serious, they would have traded for a competent reliever. They did get Quas, and I want to get to this Edwin Husida guy, even though like he doesn't really feel like it's real. But I do want to talk about the idea that um, Tucker Barnhart got DFA'd. Um, Finally. So in some ways, yeah, We've exactly. We've been calling for it and for there's another thing, four months. Exactly, which is another thing that Cub fans have been saying. And in his place comes another Cub fan favorite, Miles Mastroboni. And so, but I, I kind of see the logic here because of just the need on the team. Now, maybe I would do it a little bit differently. So what what need? <laughs> what what Bench. hole? Bench. Was Barnhart Bench. filling? Nothing. Barnhart wasn't doing shit. But Mastroboni d- is a bench player. Like he is. Sa- that's Sarah, do you bring does. up a pitcher for Barnhart or do you bring up a Mastroboni? Like, I, I, I wouldn't have DFA'd Barnhart. I would have just stopped playing him. And actually, the thing that this screamed to me, like the Barnhart DFA, is actually the same thing I thought when Hosmer was DFA'd. I think David Ross hasn't inability to not give these old veteran guys their playing time. <laughs> and rough. so this is the only the thing reason, about him that is his heart. 
The, the reason they had to DFA Barnhart is the same reason they had to DFA Hosmer, which is that as long as that dude was on the bench, Ross was going to put him in the lineup twice a week. And everybody was like, no, stop. Danger, danger. Like, don't do that. And he just kept playing him. And I, I looked at this recently because I was looking at catcher playing time because I'm like, what is Miguel Amaya learning on the bench? Like, I, I do not understand. Miguel Amaya is the best hitting catcher that the Cubs have. He needs to be in games, calling games, and like throwing people out. And, and according to a lot of the pitchers, does. he's great to throw to. So it's totally. not like he's failing on that end either. Like he's an all-around catcher. But somehow David Ross has determined that Tucker Barnhart should have had ten percent of the time, and Miguel Amaya gets fifteen percent of the time, and the other seventy-five percent of the time goes to Jan Gomes for hashtag well, reasons. And, and, and I'm just like, I don't even understand how that happened, but. I actually think Tucker Barnhart was DFA'd because either Barnhart himself complained about his lack of playing time and the Cubs were like, yo, you're not going to get that here. We'll let you go. Or the front office was like, he's here as a backup and we don't want him to play. Please stop playing him. And David Ross was like, the backup catcher has to play because David Ross was a backup catcher. Yeah, But the problem is the latter worries me a lot more than the former. Amaya right. should be the backup catcher. Yeah. yeah, but Ross doesn't care about any of that. Like, loves something as much as Ross loves an old vet, right? Backup. Like, how many times did he put Jason Hayward in the lineup when he shouldn't have put Jason Hayward in the lineup? How many times did he put Eric Hosmer in the lineup when he should have put Eric Hosmer in the lineup? David Ross respects longevity in the league and being a good team player. Like, if you listen to his comments about DFAing Barnhart today, it was all about, like, Oh, it's so sad to see a guy who bought into the concept and the thing that we're trying to do here. And he just didn't have the playing time coming to him. And I'm like, buddy, he had a WRC plus of 42. Nobody needed Tucker Barnhart in the lineup. Yeah. Well, we kind of did though. And this was brought out on Facebook uh, that on Chicago Cubs zone, Bradley Allen said, I love Ross, but I just don't understand this move. I just seen where they DFA'd Barnhart. To me, I don't understand how you can get rid of our best reliever. I mean, what was they thinking? We need pitching, and Bardhart was one of our best. <laughs> so, who else are you putting in when you're down 20? Exactly. Who do you even have? Um, so, Bardhart leaves us with these numbers a 47 W OPS plus, a 541 OPS. He had one home run and was batting 202, which is higher than Patrick Wisdom who has to be pinch hit for late in the game, even though he's got Joe DiMaggio power. So, so um, uh, we got Lil Yumper in here saying, doesn't the front office make the lineup? Wasn't that an issue that Joe mentioned yeah. that the front office wanted more say in the lineup? Yes, that is an issue. And that's part of the problem. Is this like, who's in charge the front office or David Ross? And I think they're both, you know, just we have shitty at it. And, the, and getting back to Joe, I honestly believe Joe Madden, after seeing what Amaya could do, would have tried to break camp with Amaya on the fucking team instead of Tucker Barnhart and fucking Luis Torrens. Oh, can I just piggyback <laughs> off what of saying here? Because Torrens, I, I don't know. Fucking so, no, no, that's hilarious. That piece, way you're saying. <laughs> In the piece that I wrote earlier this week where I was like looking at some lineup situations and I, I picked my top three complaints. Number two was Miguel Avaya needs to play more. 
And somebody re replied to that on the BCB piece and was like, Amaya is playing about the same as what Wilson did when he got pulled up. And, and that's just factually inaccurate. Like Wilson Contreras got called up on Father's Day weekend and Joe Madden played him 20 plus games in left field just to keep his bat in the lineup. And so I did some quick math and Miguel Amaya got pulled up sooner, but also went down, yada, yada. Bottom line is they were physically on the MLB roster for approximately the same amount of time. Wilson Contreras had 27% more at-bats plate appearances than Miguel Amaya did as of August 15th of their rookie seasons. And that is because I don't even know what they think they're doing. Like, is Miguel Amaya learning shit by sitting next to Mike Napoli and he's just, like, learning through osmosis? Like, <laughs> Napoli talks to him about being a catcher in big moments and Miguel Amaya absorbs that shit? I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe well, they think plus that, like... Chris Young is that dude. And like, if, if you sit next to Chris Young for long enough in the dugout, you will become a better baseball player. But it is bonkers how few plate appearances Miguel and I have. This is a team, too, that is a little bit bereft of a solid first baseman. Like we just talked about Patrick Wisdom. They're, they have no problem getting Patrick Wisdom's 173 average in the lineup, but you won't play Amaya at first base. He actually played first base in the minors a little bit. I mean, he's a catcher. Maybe they don't want to louse up his development by sitting him at well, first base. Look, but it when could happen. needed a glove, it was Amaya's glove. It was because Amaya exactly. was ready to go over there if he had to. He's all sad. He's like, oh, I brought that for me. <laughs> Wait, I, I just need to I need to do this really fast because I don't think people understand how good Miguel Amaya has been. He's flashing 245, 368, 383. It's not a ton of power, but a 368 on base percentage your first time through the majors is unbelievably good. He has a WOBA of 339 and he has a WRC plus of 113, which means that he's 13% better than league average at driving in runs, which would be excellent for like any position player except maybe a first baseman, but it is bananas for a catcher to be better than league average at driving in runs. And Miguel Amaya sits on the bench day after day after day while Jan Gomes and his WRC plus of 98 gets rolled out there for hashtag reasons. And I just, I don't know, man. Like maybe they think he's it's, learning something. It's I don't no, understand what he's learning. No, it's Even dumb. though he's lower than league average, He's way above Jan Gomes' average. He he's he's hitting like one forty seven, uh, woba plus Jan Gomes. Um, by the way, this brought up uh, <laughs> David. Woba Leaf's plus Jan Gomes is my favorite new stat. <laughs> woba plus Jan Gomes. Wo, wo bag. <laughs> woba gas money. Woba gas. Woba gas money. Woba. <laughs> uh, but David pointed out this is just a technical thing here that Amaya hadn't started playing yet because of his injuries before spring. So they couldn't have broken with him at that point. But the other thing about oh, well, DFAing, okay. but, but that's fine. But either way, they they Wait, call me out, Dave. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I'm just I, I just wanted to be clear that we're all about the facts here on the Sunray at the show. But the um but the the main um thing I, w I wanted to point out is that PJ Higgins is back with the organization as well. So the fact that this and PJ Higgins has been back for a while. Okay. Yeah. Like he's been back for like three weeks. So why this took three weeks is beyond me. I, it's, it's, and he's actually hitting pretty well. D Danny, it took three weeks because David Ross sees himself in Tucker Barnhart. Yeah, he does. David they even Ross, look the same. They look the freaking did, same. David Ross did not 
want to tell Tucker Barnhart his time with this team was over. Like I find a new career. I love, I actually really like David Ross. I think he'll be a good manager. And I, I, there are some moments where I'm like, what are you doing? But like there, I think he's okay. And also no one in the history of managing major league baseball has been as in love with backup catchers, gritty first basemen who suck random dudes who like David Ross is like, yeah, that guy deserves a shot. It's like, no, 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 no. They, the David. front office okay, riffed but on Mancini. Giving him these guys. I mean, Mancini, Hosmer. Uh, that's the front Hosmer office. Barnhart, like, stop giving it. him these guys, and he doesn't. I, I don't think he actually. I don't know if he feels. I, I think you're right. I think he really likes to give these guys the playing time, but I also don't know if he feels like he has the authority to call Jet up and be like, "I think we need to get rid of this guy." Yeah. Man, maybe he doesn't even want to. I mean, it it would be it. We'll know but all this Jed, stuff. I mean, in years. is Jed not watching these games? We watched the games. We saw <laughs> at the fucking very beginning that Hosmer was not good. That Mancini was better than Hosmer, but only a little bit. And that we only had two outfielders. Yeah, and we're like one, and we're all like, like, "How the fuck do we only have two outfielders when we started a baseball season?" We we all wanted players. Yeah, we all wanted Nelson Velasquez. We all, who's now like doing great on the Royals. We we all wanted Nelson Velasquez. We all wanted Christopher Morrell, who's Mike Talkman. Mike Talkman. We all wanted out there subbing for Seiya Suzuki in spring training. He was doing the job in spring training and doing it well, and they set him down. They didn't bring I, him up for that two weeks. Dude, the fact that Mike Talkman didn't break camp with this team, and Christopher Morrell for that matter, thinking of the two, like what the two of them were doing in spring training and what they did in AAA, and it's like, and they went to Iowa because and then the because we people, had to see what Hosmer and Mancini had. Like Hosmer, Mancini, me? and now Barnhart. That's like three, like, oh, this guy's a so, real clubhouse guy. Oh, let's way, bring him in, pay him a bunch of money. We're getting deep into where are they now because. Yeah. Yeah, we should, we should I'm move talking on. talking about all these guys are just not on this team anymore. There are five out of the 26 guys that were on that opening day roster are no longer with – or. Well, no longer in Chicago. Let's let's talk about it. But last thing about this guy, because nobody even knows who this dude is. Edwin Usida or Ukeda, or I don't know how to say that. I I assume it's a Spanish name, but um, uh, anyways, he's a English. I mean, it is Edwin. Yeah, but but I think he (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Um, I'll look at I'll look at where he was born. He was born in Los Almasigos, Dominican Republic. He's clearly, yes, go. And it says Usida (laughs) is how you say his name. Usida. Um, And we might never even see this guy. We spent more time on on how we say his name than than we're going to see him on the field. But, well, and this goes for a lot of teams. He's, this is his fifth organization in eight months. He's bounced from the D-backs to the Tigers to the Pirates to the Mets and now to the Cubs, all via waiver claim. And here are his numbers. And he's been playing for a long time. 2016, uh, well, he's 25 now. But in 2016, he started his career with the, it looks like the Dodgers organization. And then, and he was with them for quite a long time. And in the minors, he's got a 387 ERA. Um, 
he was a he started 77 games. Uh, a lot of dude, a lot of teams are taking a look at this guy. Um, this is in the minors in his short time in the majors. He's only had uh, 40 innings pitch in which he has a 580 ERA. But uh, and he's got 41 strikeouts in those 40 innings. But he's you know more than a strikeout an inning. Um, 10.2 strikeouts per inning uh, in the minor leagues, 9.1 in the majors in a small sample size. And John Pickett says, Useda, World Series MVP, book it. So there it is. He'll, I, he'll be I our Carl Edwards Jr. Is. It's just not going to be on the Cubs, which is going to be weird. <laughs> so, so this guy apparently started the season as the 27th best prospect in the Diamondbacks organization. And like... In their organization, know, yeah. Well, to add the next man, decent organization, they just—he's—he's uh, got to have—he's got to have something going on here. I'm looking at the Fangraphs stuff right now. Eric Longenhagen, for those of you who are prospect types, um, does a great job, like an absolutely phenomenal job with prospects, and and the write up at Fangraphs is, um. A 40-value fastball, a 50-value curveball. All of these pitches are mid. Future value is 40, which means he's a reliever, period, the end. He's 24 years old. But did he have Tommy John? That's the key. If he had Tommy John. I don't know the answer to that. Because then we'd love him. This says, Uceda made his big league debut with the Dodgers in 2021, but only through 50 innings across all levels the entire season due to persistent back issues. The Dodgers designated him for assignment in October and Arizona plucked him off waivers. Uceda made six efficient starts in the Dominican Winter League, sitting at 91 to 93 miles per hour. Of course, the Cubs love a dude who sits 93 miles per hour. <laughs> they really do. Uceda's they're, they're delivery like, you, you is well-balanced. than Kyle Hendricks? We yeah, want right? you. Uceda's delivery is well-balanced. He hides the ball well, commands his fastball to both corners, and can bury his curveball and throw it for strikes. In his best outings, his changeup also has bat missing fade, and he seems to be working with a cutter during his lineup season as well. He'll likely provide rotation depth for the Diamondbacks in 2022 and could be a fifth start starter long term. I am betting this dude is like mid reliever type of backup, but like also loves something as much as the Cubs love a dude who sits 91 to 93. Yeah, yeah. I like what David Elliott says. Who brought this up, Michael? I, yeah, I, I popped it up there. But yeah, Jed Hoyer signing players is like me drunkenly drafting a <laughs> fantasy baseball team. But his upside. Yeah, David, it's David Elliott. Dude, um, all you need to be is a quad A dude whose last name starts with M. Master Pony, <laughs> McKinstry. <Mitt> Madrigal. <laughs> right. Um, all right, well, we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to do a little where are they now and talk about some of these guys that uh, – were here briefly and are now gone. Um, this is a commercial uh, for In the Clutch where you can buy that fabulous Morel shirt. So we'll be right back. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In the Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby say a Morel too. Clark fly in his double U. Cody Bellinger smoking dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your strobe. 10% off with the code. S O N R A N T O. S O N R A N T O. 
InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In The Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Do you ever find yourself longing for long walks and talks about catcher metrics? How about a coffee over run differential? Maybe a candlelit dinner dissecting what exactly is the curious case of Miles Masturboni? If you have, I have just the place for you, the Cubs PS Plus podcast. Come join us. Cubs PS Plus, a Northside numbers game, can be found wherever it is you get your podcasts. And on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all at Cubs PS Plus, a spin on the baseball metric OPS Plus. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fans Ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Where are they now? How I miss those companions who walk the canyons of the night by my side. Where are they now? Welcome back. We're doing some Where Are They Now? Michael has prepared a list uh, because people are wondering what's What's happened to all these players that used to be on the team? Yeah, this actually came from uh, Carrie Bronner Meyer, who asked on the Discord, which if you're a Patreon member, you can get on the Discord and you can ask things like this and it shows up on the show because we love the Patreon people and we talk to them directly every day. But she was kind of wondering what was going on with David Bodie and what he was doing. And I thought, okay, we could do that. And since we're going to do that, I'll add in some other guys, too. Uh, But let's start with David Bodie, since that's who she asked about. He's played 81 games in the minor leagues at Iowa. Only Jonathan Perlaza and Jake Slaughter have played more than Bodie. Uh, He is hitting 271, 367, 469 for an 837 OPS, and he's got 11 
homers. And then of the guys with at least 200 plate appearances, he's fourth on the team in OPS behind Jared Young, Matt Mervis, and Jonathan Perlaza in that order. And he is uh, six of those eight who have more than 200 plate appearances. He's six of eight in home runs. So that's kind of where he's at. He's not on the 40 man anymore. They DFA'd him. He took, uh, he made it through waivers and he decided to go to Iowa and stay with the Cubs. I haven't heard, I don't know, maybe you guys have heard something. Have you heard anything about him ever maybe coming back to the Cubs or even being part of a trade or anything? I think it would take a, a lot to even get him to be on the 40 man. Like it would take in like a ton of injuries, which, you know, knock on wood, you know, but it like almost like a, how Nico Horner had to debut sort of thing for them to want to add him, I think, back to the 40 man. Cause then they'd have to keep him on there. Yeah. Yeah. David Bodie has a real big problem, which is that his contract is worth more than his playing on a major league baseball field. And so Getting him off the 40-man was a huge thing for the Cubs. Um, now that he's off the 40-man, he would have to really play his way back on the 40-man. Like, at the moment, I think they view that as lost money. And they're just willing to lose that money. And, at the mo- and like, um, league minimum Miles Mastroboni is a better option for them than a $5 million a year David Bodie because they would have to leave that on the 40-man after the fact. And... and- yeah, and I think David Bodie is actually doing the right thing here because yeah. I think you're right. I think he knows it. He's not going anywhere with that contract. He could end but up with he, a job in the organization. But if but he that's also why he hasn't been traded. Like he doesn't the contract doesn't match the value of the player. The, so the only way he gets traded money. is if they need to add money into something. Yeah, right. You know? But he stays with the club and he keeps playing. Because when that contract runs out, which is 2024 is the end of it, I think he might actually be able to get on another team, at least through their minor league, you know, a minor league contract because he stayed playing, you know, yeah, I can. That's the only way I can understand why he's still out there doing this. Well, who else you got? So, um, of course, we just saw Nelson Velasquez. So I had to jump in there with him. So he played 13 games with the Cubs this year. He had 32 plate appearances in those 32 plate appearances. He hit 241, 313, 621 for a 933 OPS and three home runs. So, yeah, but that was when David Ross wasn't playing dudes who came up from Iowa that weren't his dudes. Yeah, well, they benched him. Yeah. So they finally trade him to the Royals. And so we saw him this weekend. Um, and with the Royals in eight games, he's got 26 plate appearances. He's hitting 276, 300, 690 for a 990 OPS with four home runs. So it almost feels like he might have been the perfect guy to bring up at the beginning of the season. When you only had two outfielders. <laughs> also, right field, if you look at his fielding statistics, right field, he has the largest range factor. He's like the best of the outfield positions that he plays. 
right field is where he's the best. That's so, where they would have had him. Like, Dude, yeah. preach. I just have to, I play some fantasy baseball in, in a couple of industry leagues here or there. I have a fantasy baseball show if you're so inclined. It's called What the Fab. Check it out. It's great. Um, I just picked up Nelson Velasquez in a 12-team, my 12-team Tout Wards league because I lost Lars Neupar on the IL and I need power in that league. I'm like right at the bottom of the middle pack of home runs categories and I can make up like a ton of points if I can get some home runs, but losing Newt Bar really hurt me there. And Nelson mm-hmm. was far and away the best dude that I could see on the waiver wire to and make what that. Did this, and this team lacked, po- the Cubs lacked power all, all year too, you know? Well, because but Ian Happ has to play every day and Ian Happ, likes to hit in the same place in the lineup every day so he has to hit third oh, god. that's what oh, i was oh my god annoying. it's god. the worst <laughs> so when i was out looking for tfcs <laughs> i got into some of these like uh you know reddits and they're talking about ian Happ and stuff and every single person even like either they hated him and he shouldn't be batting third or no, they actually do like Ian Happ, and he shouldn't be batting third. Yeah, like everyone <laughs> agreed that third is the wrong spot. Everybody's like, "Oh no, he's a good player. We like him. He should be batting seven, eight, or nine. The problem is, is once again the Cubs have all the same player. You know, yeah. they, they, you know, what before they had all three true outcome guys. Now they have like a bunch of Nico hoarders. You know what I mean? Just sensible shoe freaking baseball players, you know, left and right. Nelson Velasquez. No, no, no. Way too spicy for this team. <laughs> we can't have this kind of, we can't have this kind of production. Well, also well, quick. Speaking of super bland, let's get into these first basemen. Oh God. I uh, see who's next. Trey, so, Mancini. Trey Mancini. Now I'm going to and I, I will admit, in the offseason, we needed a, a first baseman, and I was on the Trey Mancini train. Sure. I thought that was the way to go. But then they went ahead and, and signed Hosmer before even Mancini. And then Mancini seemingly had too big a contract for this team to eat. Uh, but he was terrible. He he was not good the whole ga- whole year. Uh, he played 79 games. He had 263 plate appearances, and he is currently a free agent. And as far as I know, I'm sure his his agent is looking for places to go, but he has not decided to jump on anywhere in any minor league systems. He's just, I guess he's chilling out, working on a swing, because he's going to get paid next year too. But I assume he's going to try and, just catch on with somebody in spring training versus I mean, I guess. I mean, doing it now. I don't know why he's not out there. You would who? think that somebody who not like, after what he did with the Cubs. Like what, what team is no, like, but yes, he should take a minor league WRC plus of seven. He should at least take a he minor doesn't league. He have deal. a WRC plus of seven for the record, but right. But no, he, he should at least just take a minor league deal somewhere to keep playing. Like David Bodie continues to play. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. I'm just saying that he should he should still be out there working on things in game situations versus whatever, I don't know, pitch lab or hit lab that he's at. And then the other guy is the left-handed Trey Mancini. That It's the same story. Yeah. Exactly. Eric Cosmer had 31 games. He had 100 plate appearances, and he's now a free agent because he's in, and nobody wanted him. The the Padres got rid of him, owing him a shit ton of money. 
The Cubs picked him up because they could do it for 720000 which is the minimum amount he could be paid. And they still didn't want to give him up, you know, right away, which they should have. I think everybody saw that that wasn't working. But he's a free agent and nobody has picked him up. Now, Matt Mervis and Jared Young both were called up because Hosmer and Mancini were both bad at first base. And then both of them were sent back to Iowa. Dude, can we this, talk about Matt Mervis for a second? Hold on one second. I'm gonna we're I'll give it to you after this lat this season in Iowa. Young has a nine sixty-two OPS, which is actually a touch better than Mervis's nine fifty-three OPS in offense, although Mervis does have fifteen dongs to Young's thirteen. Take it away, Sarah. I if you're like a stat cast type of person and you're wondering what went wrong with Matt Mervis. I have no answers for you because if you go to Matt Mervis's stat cast page, he looks kind of dynamite. Dynamite. He's got a 13.8% barrel rate, which is very good. He has a 50% hard hit rate in the time that he was in the big leagues. He, he, he really should have just had better results for what he did in the big leagues than what we actually saw him do. And it's one of these crazy situations where like baseball, baseball. And so Matt Mervis had really bad luck. And as a result, he's just like out. He's like persona non grata. We're, we're sitting here talking about like, maybe the Cubs will call it Pete Crow Armstrong. I'm like, they don't have a first baseman other than I Cody Bellinger. Yeah. I thought of the same thing. It's like, you know, it, why is Matt Mervis just off the list is because of that, his performance at, you know, at that d- didn't go well. But the PCA thing is a 40 man ad at that point, correct? Like now, yes, yes so, you have to add him. Yeah, you have to add him. And, and, you know, you're starting some sort of clock or, or on him. But, and there's, do you really want to call up PCA? Now, I'm fine with it because he's tearing up AAA right now. It's, it's going great for him. But here's the thing. Aren't we just losing? Like he's being awesome at AAA, and he could be being awesome with the Cubs, who are well, like getting five hits against Tuki freaking Tusat on a on Tuesday night. But if you call up PCA, the person he takes playing time from is Mike Talkman, and I think we would all agree that Mike Talkman has been great. So he like, has, but if, it's, if now PCA that there's a shirt, he's be better than Mike Talkman. Here's here's my thing: you break camp with two first basemen you no longer have any first baseman and you have two first basemen at triple a who could be the starter and the backup and jared young actually plays a number of different positions so he could kind of be a morel type just to get him around and help he out he was better than either. better than master boney no he wasn't he wasn't great but but here's the thing. He wasn't great. He had a what? I'm looking at this stack ass stuff. He had an 8.3% barrel rate. Uh, exit velocity is 88.9. It's not great. Yeah. His launch angle is the worst part for him. Well, but I here's mean, the, but here's the thing. Cast, freaking say a Suzuki hits the ball harder than anybody on the Cubs. And yeah, like, but, you know, what does it matter? Here's the thing. He's doing it down at AAA. What, what does that do? For anybody, nothing. It helps the Iowa Cubs. That's fine. We now have Candelario at third, so we don't really need Master Boney. 
So why don't you bring up fucking Matt Mervis and Jared Young? You can use Jared Young in a number of places, and, and Matt Mervis could maybe learn a thing or two from Cody Bellinger, well, who, who happens to be the best goddamn first baseman this team has, and they just need to start playing him there and play Talkman in center, and these other two guys can you know follow up unless you're not going to play him at all. I don't know. I would almost bring up Young. And leave Mervis down. Well. And what, but there's another one. No, but same story. Instead is, of Master Boney, I'm saying, fuck Master Boney. Bring up <laughs> Young and let Young sit on the bench instead of Master Boney. He could do all the shit that that Master Boney could do. But he has Sarah, wait because Sarah does not know this that um actually Michael is Jared Young's biggest fan and really thinks that Jared Young might be the future of the Chicago Cubs in the same way that maybe Mike Olt once was the future. No, 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 of, no, 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 no. no. Chicago what Cubs I'm, third what I'm saying is, look, Jared Young came up and played, and right now he is playing well at AAA. You need players. Twenty eight. But what I you need a bench guy. Why are you bringing up Master Boney? My argument for Jared Young is Master Boney. That's what the fuck I'm saying. I, I'm not. I I'm not trying Master to like Boney is the right choice. Just to blow blow your head off because he's got speed and that and nope. that's something he brings to the table. You You'll get play. no defensive miles, Master Boney. From yeah. me. I'm and he was they, doing they, and, and that's doing all better. I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm Jared Young's biggest fan. Is Miles Mastroboni on the bitch clock wheel? Because, like, honestly, I could do yeah, a we'll whole put him on. Clock We still got bitch clock to get through. It's already <laughs> 10 o'clock. So, okay. so we'll, let's keep going through these guys, and then uh, well, I will talk- add Mastroboni to the bitch clock wheel. Yeah, because so I could do we, a whole thing on Miles Mastroboni. We we finally got rid of Tucker Barnhart. Uh, even though we've played 120 games so far, he's played in 47 of them. 123 played appearances. We talked about Tucker. Go up the yeah, list. No, but these are all the people that I put in this list that they broke camp. They were on this fucking twenty-six yeah. man roster. Oh, we to know. Start the season. They are no longer on this roster. Oh, Luis Torrens. Thirteen games with the Cubs. We couldn't even figure out why the fuck he was there. Twenty-two plate appearances total. They DFA'd him. Orioles picked him up. Orioles DFA'd him. He chose free agency. Then he signed a Nats minor league deal and then elected free agency on July 1st because he only had until July 1st in his contract uh, to make the major league team. And then he could opt into free agency again. So he is currently looking for his fourth team of this season. And this is the guy that they decided they wanted to have on this team so badly they were going to carry three catchers. And then never play him. And then never played him. Yeah. And only and then, one of the catchers was good. <laughs> yeah. And then finally we have Edwin Rios. He played 18 games with the Cubs. 34 played appearances. He was another one. Like, why was Luis Torrens and Edwin Rios on this team? Like, it didn't make any sense. They were literally just fucking warming the bench Sarah, well, Morel, Morel I, I do Iowa. actually have Talk something there. On Iowa. They were they were there because the Cubs were hoping that they could take this one year contract, capture lightning in a bottle, kind of like what they did with Talkman. Honestly, this is Talkman's best season since 2019, and they but were they hoping they you know, hold, hold hold on. They were hoping the team would suck, 
so they would then be able to trade these guys for prospects because Jed Hoyer loves nothing more than a one-year deal he can flip for prospects, which is actually kind of created they were hoping a the really suck. wildly interesting situation for the Cubs where they have a bunch of one-year deals that are turning into a playoff team. And Jed Hoyer is going to come to the end of the season. He's going to have to face the following question. If the Cubs make it to the postseason, which I think they have a good shot of doing, and if they do reasonably well, which I also think they have a reasonable shot of doing, is he going to give Mike Tuchman a multi-year deal? Is he going to sign Cody Bellinger? Is he going to like go out and like turn all these? Is Michael Fulmer going to be like a dude for the Chicago Cubs? I don't think any of these things are going to happen because Jed Hoyer knows that all of those players, with the possible exception of Bellinger, are not good long-term investments. And they have basically like created this weird situation for themselves where they like hit gold on the one-year deals that they use. But you're right, Michael. There are like seven of those deals that are like wasting away on the waiver wire in AAA that are just like bad. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 that and that's the point I'm trying to make. And Sarah, you you put it perfectly. Jed Hoyer expected them to suck. Everybody Wherefore who, out though, Bar- Boxberger. Every oh, Boxberger is he he got activated today for a rehab start Christ. in Iowa. But uh so <laughs> all right, so he expected them to suck. Everybody talking in the offseason. Oh, the Cubs spent all the money. They didn't fucking spend the money on good players. They got one guy who was the cheapest uh shortstop they could get that was still good. And he is having a wonderful season. He's the but, Prius. He's the but, Prius of the group. <laughs> yeah. Very You're sensible. always happy with the gas mileage. <laughs> it's what I, and I owe this, I owe this metaphor to my friends in no fighting in the bleachers on the Facebook group. If you're in it, you know, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said it in there. They were like, Dansby Swanson is the Prius. He's the sensible guy. You go in, you buy the Prius, good car. It costs a little bit of money, but Great gas mileage, reliable car. Toyota has great customer service. You avoided the Porsche, you avoided the Ferrari, you avoided whatever else was going on there. But he's a Prius. He's he's like a solid mid-tier car that's just going to get you there. And like with upside, but like no flash. I, well, I'd call him a Taurus. Not, <laughs> not a Prius. Not, not even a Nissan Leaf. <laughs> the second most F war among no. shortstops in the National right. League. He's well, been great. He's been I know. Great. Yeah, he's he's had a good season. But anyway, but this is what we're talking about. He didn't expect the team to be good, and he set them up for failure. This oh, team yeah, right now, good team. this team right now, if they break with the proper team in you know on March thirtieth or whenever the fuck they start the season oh, anymore, they're already in first. Yeah. They would have been in first already if yes they don't keep doing Ross GPT bullshit. They're in first place, even with the dumb team that they started with. Like this is the thing that people keep telling me. I'm like being negative on this team. I'm not. I think the team is fucking great. I think the management from Ross up sucks balls, and they are the they are the reason that we're talking about wild card spots right now 
when we should really be talking about division championships. And I think even with this team, we can talk about division championships because the fucking Brewers are only three games ahead. Yeah. Like we can catch them. We have three games with them at the very end of the season. The Cubs can do this. We got three games with, for, with them at the end of the month. We got two more series. Yeah. But the, the thing is, these players have to play against their own management who is managing them to be bad. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. Well, let, let's, uh, as long as we're feeling frustrated with uh, something, why don't we move on to the bitch clock? So this, uh, we, Sarah is going to take the bitch clock honors tonight. And I, and I just have the 30-second bitch clock ready to go. So I'm thinking you're going to get at least two of, like you could do two of these topics. We'll take two spins of the wheel tonight. What do you think of, of that? I'll do two. Uh, so like back-to-back, like I do a 30-second bitch clock, then I do a 30-second bitch, like I do two. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. do that. I, yes, Danny, I was about. born for the bitch clock. The bitch clock is my whole vibe. Well, that's why we have to. That's why we have to have you be the the bitch clocker of the. Of All the moment. right. So, so Danny I'm gonna... Rocket, tell us what the topics are today okay. for the Sarah Sanchez bitch clock. All right, she's going to be bitching about two of these fabulous topics. The first one is Wilson slander. Uh, that comes from the Discord channel on uh, our discord channel <laughs> and then uh number two uh that uh, they took too long to dfa barnhart number three the travel ball cubs number oh, four yeah. three-man booths number five lefty righty lineups that one came from sarah herself and also from the discord um non-first baseman playing first base Double toot blands. We didn't talk about that. The bad base running in the game the other day um, with, uh, well, I don't know if it was bad. The, the morale's getting caught off and that Cubs might've won on Friday, but we'll talk oh, about that. Horner's stretching. Yeah, it was bad. It was not good, but uh, Jan Gomes and uh, his uh, impending sainthood in the eyes of Cubs fans. <laughs> I, I put that sarcastically. Um, stadiums transferring naming rights every three years is what you put it. And Master Boner, otherwise known as Miles Master Boney. Let's give it a spin, and then we'll start the bitch clock. The topic is, oh, be still my heart. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh. Well, we already talked about this. No, it's fine. We got to hit, hit it again. We already talked about Bart Hart like a million times on the show. It was almost Wilson Slander, which was going to be so good. Oh, get it. There it is. Do it again. No, that's fine. Right, I, can talk. I can do this. I can do all this. Right. <laughs> how, how in the hell did it just go to sit? This isn't random at this all. Bullshit. Somebody's all right. got a fucking weight on that wheel. Here we go. Making it Clock, you have 30 seconds to bitch. Look, no team carries three catchers if they know what they are doing. And you certainly don't carry three catchers so that you can keep Tucker Barnhart on your lineup. Tucker Barnhart might be a wonderful human being, but this year he's a guy hitting 202, 285, 257 with a WRC plus of 53, which means he is approximately 47% worse at driving in runs than the league average. Miguel Amaya, meanwhile, is better than that. He's got a 113 WRC plus and Tucker Barnhart should have been gone. Stop your bitching. Yeah, and let's not forget that last game that Tucker Barnhart caught. I think he he could not get in front of the ball. 
Okay, I let, love that this tried to give me Wilson slander twice and tried. we couldn't get it. It couldn't tried. Get it. Well, we're going to do one <laughs> we more. We all know that Wilson slander would have been like my jam. We're taking we're taking another spin here of the bitch clock for you. Though. Okay, well, maybe we'll get it this. Ooh, I like that. This is the one I wanted you to get actually personally. It's the lefty righty lineups that's been going. So, uh here we go. Wait. Hold on. I got to rewind it. Here we go. You have to rewind working. it? Yeah. <laughs> you have 30 seconds to bitch. <laughs> the Cubs have two lineups. One of them is successful. One of them is not. The right-handed lineup is excellent. And if you look at their splits, they're actually better against left-handed pitching too. But because sabermetricians like myself have dug into the numbers and figured out that they're handedness splits, the Cubs front office is too smart by half. And they think that if you put in guys who Ten have handedness advantages, Instead of the guys who could actually play baseball, the Cubs will do better. Lead off by Tachman every day. Keep Christopher Morell in the lineup and put Amaya in the lineup. Stop your bitching. Amen. Damn right, Sarah. Look, I, I Sarah really was few... made for the bitch clock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you and nailed I, it both times. I, I have unfair advantage. I'm an old debate coach, and I was a nationally competitive speech and debate kid. And so I used to do this event called Exem, which like we don't have to get into the rules, but I also did this event called Impromptu. Anyway, I know how to like modulate the amount of time I have for the amount of points I have for the amount of time you're going to give me. And see, debate and, and the pro. bitch clock is just, it, it's a real perfect combo. See, and it's, that's a tough skill because I bitch all the time on this show. You throw me on a bitch clock and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't have an opinion about this one thing. It's so frustrating um, when well, when I get the bitch clock and I can't do it. But Sarah, the, the righty lefty lineup. I I so I said it a few weeks ago. The sabermetrician stuff, you start with the numbers and then you move from there and and follow how the game goes and who's good and what right like that's how i look at those numbers i don't throw the numbers away the numbers are like where you start and it feels like to me and i want to get your opinion on this it feels like to me in baseball right now they're ending with the numbers like nothing else matters after the numbers when you being a baseball fan you've watched this game enough you understand that the numbers are there for just a general idea of what might happen, but it's the players, in my opinion, that make fucking art and do the amazing things. All right. Yeah. So here's the wild thing. And I think Joe Madden actually nails this to like bring this full circle to two hours ago when we started the show. Uh, <laughs> I numbers are good. They're helpful. They tell you a lot about what's happened in the past and what Absolutely. someone might have in the future. They're not predictive. They don't tell you that somebody is going to necessarily do this exact same thing over and over and over again. They tell you with a certain set of facts what has happened before. And I think that what happened with sabermetrics at some point in time is that people determined that certain numbers were so ubiquitous that they wound up being like they could be predictive and they're not. So for example, I think Mike Talkman is a really good example of this. I've written about him a couple of times now. Mike Talkman is an above average hitter against left-handed pitchers. 
Now, he has a small number of sample size against that because he doesn't get a ton of chances there because everybody believes that he shouldn't hit against those pitchers. And also, he has demonstrated an above-average capability against the lefties that he's faced, so it seems like you should give him a shot. And if you had some great person to hit leadoff who was better against left-handed pitchers, by all means, you should do that. <laughs> like, do it. Go for it. Like, put that guy in leadoff and set. The Cubs do not. Mike Talkman is the third best hitter they have against lefties this season. And so the, the part that is particularly frustrating and galling about the lineup shit is that they take their third best hitter against lefties and put him on the bench because he's the wrong hand. He hits from the wrong side. That's bananas. That's using statistics in a way that makes you less smart. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the lineups we're about to face because they stink. Um, it's the Tigers first, and then it's going to be Pittsburgh, who was good at the beginning of the year, if you remember them from being in first place in May, um, which was actually a surprise even to them. Um, here's the Tigers, uh, how they're kind of lining up, lining up. This guy, Kerry Carpenter, is the real deal. I saw him made it, make an amazing catch on the on the Twitters. Today, but he's got 17 home runs. Spencer Torkelson has 21 home runs. They've got a few guys with OPSs over 800 on the year. Wasn't um, Torkelson the sign that used to be out over uh, right field? <laughs> no, I believe that was Torco. Um, oh, Torco, my bad. But uh, Zach McKinstry's on this team, and uh, remember when he was he's doing the real starting third baseman. Well, I'm they sorry. have his utility. Did you utility. honestly just flag Zach McKinstry being on this team before you flagged Javier Baez? Yeah, no, I'll get to Javi because Javi's really the the cherry on top when you look at his numbers. Um, Zach McKinstry first is not doing that good as he was doing really good as soon as we got rid of him. And then, uh, actually, how did he even end up on the Tigers? Did he go to the Dodgers? Oh no, we got him from the Dodgers. Did he go somewhere else in the middle? Anyway, Zach McKintry is on the Tigers, not doing good. Neither are the Tigers. Javi Paez is doing terribly. He was just on a bereavement list for a while. Okay, so hold on. Up. He's not doing terrible. Where are it's, you at? Javi Paez is doing terribly. He's, he's got, got a, he's got really bad power numbers. His OPS yeah. is five ninety two. Cotton. Yeah, yeah, because he's got really shitty power numbers because he plays in a cavern. He's batting like, two twenty four though. So can you find some grass? No. But, well, 224 is about what he was batting at Wrigley, except for a lot of those, He, you know, more of those balls would go His over OBP is 264. That's not playable. He's terrible. That's, again, not too different than what he was doing at Wrigley. That's way different. He was better than 264 OBP. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, you please keep do. Going. Keep going. Okay, yeah, we are running super long, like <laughs> usual. Um, but anyway, they're not good. Is That's the point I'm trying to make. Um, they would be, uh, you know, Detroit is, they they're in third because the Sox and Royals suck. And that's really the only reason they're in third. They'd be in last in just about any other division. And that has to do for the Pirates as well. Um, you know, the the. The Tigers, they don't hit a lot of home runs, um, even less than the Cubs do. They have the second lowest OPS. We're, we're facing bottom 10 offenses, bottom 10 um, uh, bullpens for the next week. 
And um, here's who specifically who we're facing uh, against the Tigers. It's Assad, who's been doing great. He had a great outing last time for the Cubs against Alex Fado, Faido. And then it's Smiley back in the rotation versus Reese Olsen. And then it's Jamison Tyone versus Tariq Skubal. Okay, so two things. Do not sleep on Reese Olsen or Tarek Skubal. Both of those dudes are quite good starting pitchers. Uh, I have Reese Olsen on my 12-team Tout Wars League. I picked him up twice. Once uh, earlier in the season, I had to drop him at one point because of a roster crunch issue with a DL spot or whatever. Like, don't worry about it too much. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. But I'm telling you that Reese Olsen is... In the conversation for being a top 100 starting pitcher at the moment, it's a question. Like, he might be 100 on some guys' list and 120 on some other guys' list and 80 on another guy's list, but he's in that conversation. I think Reese Olsen's really good. And he's exactly the type of guy who could either give up 10 runs against the Chicago Cubs or strike out 15 Cubs. He is that dude. So I, both Reese Olsen and Tarek Skubal, I'm a little nervous about because if the Cubs aren't preparing for those guys as if they're aces, they're going to get shelled. Like they're going to have a real rough outing. Okay. Then Danny, I looked up Javier Baez and you're right. This is his worst season since 2020 where it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, and it, but the, but the power numbers are way, way off since he's gone to, uh, gone to Detroit. Because like Detroit is 4,000 miles long. Yeah, it's huge. It, it, exactly. And I think that that hurts him immensely. It was the same thing with uh, uh dude came from Detroit and Cubs got him. Then he went to the Reds. Nick Castellanos. Uh, Nick Castellanos. He was like a doubles king because the field was so fucking big. Like he just couldn't hit the ball out. And then he came to Chicago and he hit the ball out. Like, I love Javi Baez. I'm always going to love him. He's he's just one of my favorite players. I think he's a star. And he is being hurt by this field and where he's at right now. I think if the Cubs had held on to him, he'd be having a better year now. But right now, he is having a bad year. Um, I, I will. I have good news for everybody, though, at least is that two of these pitchers are right-handed. So we don't have to deal with that lineup thing until Wednesday um, when I think uh, Scooble is the – that's a lefty name, is it not? <laughs> you, you know, hey, it's Scooble the lefty. You know, it just – it works so great to me. <laughs> so if you want to know more about this series, you should listen to Cubs Pod. We do basically an, a daily podcast, Michael and I, were. We uh, tell you what's going to happen in the game and what happened in the in the the day before. Um, and if you're wondering, that pod goes way too long too. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. if you would like a more efficient version of the Chicago Cubs recap, you should listen to Cup of Cubby Cup Blue. Cup of Cubby Blue, yeah, it's all on the Bleacher Bunch on uh, iTunes. And hey, would it kill you to give us a five star review? Of uh, our hours and hours of entertainment, we bring you about the Chicago Cubs every year. Um, so yeah, we should uh, get rid of uh, this show at this point, don't you think? Like we've kind of done enough of a preview of these loser teams. Uh, I would like to know what you think is a. I mean, I think the Cubs should go seven and zero. I think let's get on a roll. 
Where, where are you guys at? Where, where do you think? I'm going to predict a seven and zero. I think we we win them all. I'm I would like to predict that. Yeah, I w- I would like to predict that, but we just went up against the fucking White Sox and the Royals, and we went three and two. So, unfortunately, I don't know if if I'm actually betting money, I can't bet seven and zero. I would have to bet five and two is closer, but four and three might be the thing because. You think they're just going to eat the meatloaf, huh? It's just a fucking pain in the ass. Like, this team should be better. And I just feel like they keep having to play with their, you know, one arm tied behind their back. Yeah. But, Man, I really thought you were going somewhere else with what they were playing with there, but I appreciate you. Keep- <laughs> if you're like most Americans, you. Oops, sorry. That was an accident. <laughs> um, All right. So, Hold on. Uh, one, you know what? I saw a chance in there. And I want to throw this up there to remind people to do the chance. This is Corey chance. This is, that's, I love this. He made this uh, picture of himself and posted it out on discord. So Corey Furlong as uh, Frank chance. Man, I was hoping that would help me in my immaculate grid quest for super. No, 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 no. This is a deep fake. Yeah, this is deep- what Corey Furlong would look like if he played baseball in 1902. And his name were Champ. <laughs> so I, I'm running the Bleacher Bum Band video contest right now. And you, all you got to do is make a video with any of the Bleacher Bum Band songs. By the way, they are also on Instagram. You can make your video that way. So if you got pictures of you at Wrigley and you want to use a Bleacher Bum Band song, um, just send it to me. Tag me in it and you will be entered to win um, uh, a fabulous uh, Justin Steele autographed uh, picture and also a song written by me for a special occasion for you. It's like a uh, birthday or anniversary, whatever you want. I will write it. And uh, wedding vows. Jo- yeah. Wedding vows. Joey <laughs> freaking Joey Wrigleyville bum is already winning the competition so far. So he's made numerous videos. He made so many videos that him and I are actually collaborating right now on a, we didn't start the fire parody video, which is going to drop. What would you say? You have to get me in on this. I know every word to we didn't start the fire and I can like rip on that off the top of my head. Oh no, it's, it's already done. So oh, like he already wrote yeah. the song. They're yeah, working on the video. Yeah. We're working on the video already. So, uh, but you got to join, uh, try to get in this competition because I am giving away fabulous prizes. but I, but Joey's so good that now like he's, he's professional with me, you know, like we're now we're teaming up and we're doing big stuff together and you're just going to love it. Um, but yeah, no, I already wrote the uh, song, but you know, every word to, we didn't start the fire. I do. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I am the kid who I, I recorded it on like a, a cassette tape when I was a kid and like waited for it to come on the radio so I could hit record so I could record it so I could listen to it so I could do the thing. And I, I then tried to figure out what all of the references meant like in history because I am a nerdy child, Danny. I did like, that I, I'm with, a nerdy uh, human being. I did that with Led Zeppelin, Misty Mountain Hop. And yeah. uh, then I, I read Tolkien books. Well, oh, I also read Tolkien books. Yes, all the time. To- I got so much Tolkien stuff going on. 
I was sitting in the bleachers cursing at the Giants left fielder. <laughs> One of these days, Johnson. I'll write a Tolkien Cubs baseball mashup and we'll see what happens. There we go. The one ring 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh, fabulous, Michael. So, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, so anyway, you should just do it. You have the, the rest of the year to make these videos and it, Hey, I want to get the songs out there, you know, for the band. So it helps us a lot. So please do it along with that five-star rating I was talking about before. I'm dropping a link in the chat to our Dan Nielsen birthday celebration of his life. Um, that'll be September 20th. We're all going to hang out in the bleachers. So get yourself a bleacher ticket. Um, we'll be hanging out somewhere beforehand. But uh, this is the event where you find it all out. And I got to say, I bought bleacher tickets today with some of the money that we raised for his parents. So thank you very much. And we one ticket was actually donated as well. So thank you very much. And uh, that's going to be a beautiful, hard day, but, you know, we'll all get, we'll do it together. Um, the uh, Bleacher Bum Band album is, by the way, still available, uh, I, and the T-shirt. And you could just buy the T-shirt. I've got a few left, but I'm running out of sizes, specifically if you're a medium. And if you want to get one, you don't have much, you have one chance left. Like, you're the, you'll be the last <laughs> one. Like, what do you want me to say? I got one freaking medium, and that's it. So if you want one. You better jump on it. I'm running low. I have a few other sizes as well. If you're a large, you can wait probably till Christmas. I would <laughs> guess. I'm, I got a lot of larges. Um, Chicago's a little larger than large. It seems. Right. Yeah. So, um, TFCs, I think, oh, la- I know. I, I know you guys are hoping that we go three hours and we just might because I have um, uh, some Ch- Steve Trout news. Now, Sarah, you I told you the Steve Trout saga that we've been going through. So just to recap, I know many of you guys know Steve Trout sells a, a pillow mitt. There he is with it strapped to his head. It is you, it's designed for your hand to go into the pillow and then uh use it to comfort yourself, like that your hand is your <laughs> pillow. <laughs> anyway, raising. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't say pleasure yourself. Yeah. I, I, hey, you said comfort yourself. Everybody comforts themselves differently. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> some use like, a pillow mitt. I bought the thing for twenty five bucks on June first. Um, the it, it doesn't come through. Doesn't come through. Um, Steve, where's my pillow mitt? And and I so I dispute it. I dispute the thing. Steve gets mad at me for disputing it says it's bad for him. And I'm like, and then we went in this, if you watched last week, you'll, you'll maybe remember like how he was mad that I, I didn't call him on the phone to. So you're feuding with Steve Trout. No, no, we're, we're no, no, good. No. Steve Trout is feuding with Danny. Danny's just trying to get I'm a pillow. Trying, mitt. I'm just trying to get a mitt here. I'm just trying to get the pillow mitt. So Steve, <laughs> so Steve Trout he gets mad at me. He's like, oh, we could have handled this outside of uh, outside of the credit card dispute. We go back and forth. Like, Steve, I've been trying to handle this with you, but like it did keeps not going through. You said you never got my order. Like, you know, what, what the hell, you know? And now he's mad at me. So then today, today, Sunday morning, I wake up. First thing I see is a message from Steve Trout. And he says, I'm at the game today. I got a pillow for you call me 
I give him, I, I give him the, um, I, I actually, I called him for, I, I did. I'm like, I, I'll, I'll do exactly what he says. 10.04 a.m. There's my screenshot. That's me calling Steve Trout. 10.04. I call him 40 seconds long. I'm obviously leaving a message. I also text him. And I say, Steve, I called you and I left a voicemail message. Let me know. I don't know if I'm going to the game, but I will head down and get that mint and give you $25 cash. Cause I know he prefers cash. <laughs> and so anyway, then, um, I, I don't, I don't get a, uh, I call back. So I, well, here's what I Facebook message him this thumbs up and Steve Trout writes me back call. But as I said, showed you at 10 Oh four, I already did call. And at 10 31, he's telling me to call. And I'm like, Steve, I called, I texted. Right. So then, um, Steve, Steve Trout texts me back. And I, it, this is in response to my text earlier today. I say, hi, Steve, Danny rock here. I have no ticket today, but I'm looking for one. Either way I can come meet you. I live close by. And then at 5.17 p.m., Steve texts me out of the blue. I need phone calls. Sorry, but I don't do the texts. And I'm like, He's literally texting with you. Yeah. So, exactly. So, I call Steve. Right after I get this text, I call him back. And I go, Steve, I'm still around if you want to meet up with the man. No, I can't do it now. But he's like, but he says this to me on the phone. He goes, listen, if you just tell me something like, Meet me at the firehouse. I'll meet you at the firehouse. Meet me in the Gallagher way. I'll meet you at the Gallagher way. Meet you in front of the marquee. I'll meet you in front of the marquee. But I can't do this text stuff. Just call me. And I'm like, Steve, I called you. I did. I called you on the phone. I texted you. I Facebook messaged you. I freaking told the credit card company that it wasn't your fault. Then I just disputed it. Like, we've gone through so much. So I almost don't want this to end. <laughs> like at this point now like this is my great white whale and i don't want the pillow mitt i want the idea of a pillow mitt that i'll oh. never attain what will be your life be like when you finally obtain the one ring to rule them all exactly <laughs> so that's pretty so much your nemesis is steve trout no not my nemesis my kind of your nemesis i'm i'm trying to do business with the man it feels like you two are setting up future nemini i can't say yeah because what well because nemesis this doesn't make any sense nemini like nemini oh man um, well, there's just two of us. I mean, I guess I would have one nemesis and he'd have one nemesis, but. <laughs> right. But Nem and I together, little, you're Nem and I. Little Yumper says the one pillow to attach to your head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, he looks so comfortable there. I mean, <laughs> he really does not. That looks like hell. <laughs> he, he looks like he's in a barbershop. That anybody's taking a picture of him. What's Honestly, like, hey, you, you know see? what I'm thinking about with that picture? Does he like, know that it's... You know, okay, you know when it was the pandemic and you had to wear masks all the time? And there were the masks that could go over your ears or there were the masks that could go over your head? The dudes I know who don't have hair were like, oh, these masks that go over your head are great. And I'm like, you're fucking crazy because <laughs> I have hair. And if I put that thing over my head, it's like a disaster. And my <laughs> yeah. hair gets pulled out by the thing. So the ear thing is like the ticket. 
And honestly, this pillow mitt banana, like that looks like a, I, I would never wear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good thing for you that if you did order one, you'll never get it. You'll never get so, it anyway. I, so. I now know not to order one, but like there is no way I'm ordering. He was so. Mitt. He was so pissed that he, he's like, I didn't sell a single pillow mint. Wait, wait, he's like, hold on. Wait a second. Wait, it's breaking news here. Dallas Kilponen is writing in from Australia, by the way. Dallas is right. Wait, I need pics or it didn't happen, Dallas. Hold on. You Dallas. got a pillow mint, Dallas? Yeah, we. you got to tweet this out. We see it because he says, I got my pillow sent to Australia. In 10 days, <laughs> I ordered this thing on June freaking first. Oh, man. This is amazing. Bernie says, I think Steve Trott needs Prevagen. <laughs> I agree with Bernie. Bernie is correct. Bernie wins. <laughs> Joey says he's going to smother you and we'll have the same look on his face. <laughs> I think that's about right, too. He'll have a special pillow for your face and then he'll have his pillow still wrapped around his head. Pink is, is Steve Trout smarter than all of us? He'll end up selling like 25 of these mitts just to get one before Rocket. Man, <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's like I I I do sleep on my hand. Like this would be <laughs> I, I told Steve this. I told him how bad I needed the mitt, and he doesn't even care. I, you know, I I wrote him right back this morning. <laughs> I texted, I called. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're in a feud with Steve Trout. This is incredible. <laughs> I know it's really just <laughs> odd. This is, it was, this is exactly what you were hoping when you were eight years old. Yeah. You were watching the 84 Cubs yeah. and you're just like, ah, oh, someday I'm going to get into a legal dispute with Steve Trout. Okay. Over the worst head pillow for traveling <laughs> ever that no one would real hair would want what's the top judge show i'm gonna bring him on the judge show you know he'd go judge on a judge Judy. oh it's gotta be judge Judy. is she still on though we get a free trip to new york then i don't know does anybody watch those shows i oh, have a <laughs> okay the only reason i thought of judge judy is because i wouldn't even watch it if danny was on it <laughs> there is this thing now on amazon called freebie which is like free prime but you have to watch commercials but like whatever you watch commercials on the network it's fine Anyway, it's called Freebie. And the best show that I've watched in maybe 10 years is called Primo. It's Shea Serrano's uh, eight-part. It's beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. You should watch it. Primo is amazing. But for a minute, Primo was, like, dueling with Judge Judy for, like, who would be top of Freebie. And y'all should watch Primo so that it can beat Judge Judy. But if Danny <laughs> is looking for remittances he should go to judge judy oh well funny story about judge judy is i once had a rosh hashanah celebration dinner with her and uh shineland and uh my my uh ex-girlfriend's mother was friends with judge judy like upper east side socialite kind of people and uh but i was scared of judge judy i stayed on the other end of the table God I damn wanted, right yeah yeah but shineland sweet uh the or uh uh, no, they're both Shyland, but uh, Jerry. That's what I'm trying to say. Jerry, Sh the husband. He was a judge show, too. You remember Jerry Shyland? Judge no. Jerry. I mean, I remember <laughs> Judith Shyland. Judge, judge Judy. Jerry and Judge Judy. 
Yeah. I hung out with Jerry the whole time. Uh, and I had a great time with him. Like we were cutting it up. He was a funny guy. Um, some Facebook users, I don't know who this is, but, uh, judge Mathis is in Chicago. Sure. Yeah. But I, what do I need a free trip to Chicago for? I want to go to one of the New York ones and I get like put up in like the Milford Plaza or something on eighth Avenue, you know, catch a Broadway show. But, um, so, um, anyway, yeah, uh, where were we? <laughs> Very far from the oh, Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Uh, we were at the TFCs. Oh, yeah. No, actually, we were because I had to invite. Uh, no, no. I already did that. Never mind. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are at TFCs. I just have one. Here it is. I Eric Wheelow is wearing a Cubs uh, sweater, and we have Lisa Cram to thank for it. She she posted this up on the Ranters page on Facebook. We have a Brewers fan in a Cubs article of clothing. Way to go, Lisa. You rocked it. Wheelow's never going to live this down. I'm going to bring this picture <laughs> on every single show that he ever comes on, including next Sunday. Um, would Hopefully he can come on because we got the Brewers next. But <laughs> great job, Lisa. Very nice. Uh, well, in – Bad clothing choices. This is an actual TFG, Danny, which you started back in the day when you would take pictures of people. These fucking guys of what they were wearing. And this fucking guy right here. He's got a KC bucket hat, a KC t-shirt. But over the t-shirt, he has a Cubs jersey. God, the blues are so similar. And he says he's going to the game. And it's like, what are you doing? Who goes to the game wearing both teams' stuff? I'm telling you, I know quite a few Royals fans who like the Cubs, too. Like, a lot. It's it's a thing. Dude, I like both the Cubs and the Red Sox a lot. Like, I have jerseys from both teams, and I go to both games and whatnot. I would never mix a match. Like, I would never mix and match Cubs and Red Sox gear, ever. The, the closest I've ever come to mix and matching Cubs and Red Sox gear, when Kyle Schwarber was on the Red Sox for a hot minute, I did buy a Red Sox Schwarber jersey yeah. to be that girl. So, so when I go to Red Sox games, I wear a Schwarber jersey. Yeah. Oh, I see. I'm with you on that. But no, yeah. if you're not, if you don't have children playing on both teams, you can't wear both teams stuff. Well, right? Dominic like, says he it, looks like a blueberry. <laughs> Well, he, he here's really the question, did look like a blueberry. Cotton, if you <laughs> go to you go to a Cubs game, a Cubs Royals game, say, yeah, and you're from St. Louis, do you wear Cardinals gear? Because I saw a handful of people in Cardinals gear at the ballpark today, and those people truly suck. No, so who does that? My wife. Cardinals these are your most on... hated teams. Like both of these teams hate you. Yeah. My... Why are you here? Emily and I went on a baseball trip. We went to Baltimore, to Shea, to Old Yankee, to Fenway. We did that trip. In, and at no point was I wearing Cubs stuff in the stadium of other teams because the Cubs weren't playing. That didn't make any damn sense. I went to a Brewers Cardinals game at Bush Stadium where I was picking up like a giveaway for a friend and I was checking Bush Stadium off the list. And I was 100% agnostic. I had no baseball gear on at all. I didn't even wear my Cubs pennant. Like I just like 
not, I was in a gray dress and a non-logo baseball hat, and I was not a fan because it was the Brewers and the Cardinals, and I wouldn't do that to either of them. And I just, if you're the dude in Cardinals gear at a Cubs-Royals game, you're a jackass. You suck. Yeah. Well, I wore, I wore like a full-on Cubs thing to a White Sox game one time when the Cubs were not playing, but I just did it to piss off my friend. <laughs> well, I'm sure it worked because it pisses all of us off. It did. No, his dad still like is mad every time he invites me to the game. He's like, "And you tell that Danny that he's not allowed to wear any Cubs gear to the White Sox game <laughs> if we're sitting in the front." Because I was like, we we're sitting right down front, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna wear a Cubs hat just I'll get on TV for being that that guy." I was trying to patrol those guys and be a dick, and that's exactly what those Cardinal fans are doing. Yeah, at Wrigley. Okay, I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. Are we going to close out the show before 11 o'clock? Here's the TFC. (laughs) Talking about Ian Happ. This was, people asked, like, why do people hate Ian Happ? And this person says, hate is likely the wrong word. I hate Steve Garvey. Ian Happ needs to do more. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I agree with that. You know what I've noticed? So, uh, I don't have a scorecard handy, so I can't show it to y'all. But if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see it. You'll see them. I post my scorecards all the time. Happens my one cub that doesn't have a nickname. Like at Dansby, I can put his first name instead of his last name, and that's kind of a nickname. Like Bellinger is Belly, you know. Like that's fine. Like I, I've got nicknames for all the guys. Ian Happ has been here since like, God, I don't know. Did he debut in twenty seventeen? I have no yeah. nickname for Ian Happ. Nothing. I've got, I, I'm not going to call him Happy. That's stupid. And I'm not going to call him Ian. That's dumb. So it's like, I just put Happ. <laughs> that's it's dumb. Like, it's literally his name. <laughs> he has managed to be for six years. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to put Happ. Like, I've got nothing. Yeah, just. I would put, I would put Happenstance because it's just that's like this weird long. thing that he's still on this team. That's too long. <laughs> so, right, here's, what if he has a pitch runner? Uh, this was in there uh, in a Boog Shiambi hatred scroll. And this person loved Boog Shiambi or no, hates Boog Shiambi and says, and somebody was bitching at him. And he says, a life. Yes, I have one. My life is collecting every single cringeworthy Boog Shiambi soundbite and compiling it to hate jerk it repeatedly. What the fuck is a hate jerk? What's the matter with you people? Like, I- <laughs> Well, I thought that was just... Hate jerk? <laughs> this is... What? <laughs> <laughs> and Are you kidding me right now? Shambi. I, have, I don't know what the female equivalent of hate jerking is, but I've never done it. <laughs> That's a good thing. I, think. I feel I, like I, hate jerking is going to be painful. Yeah. Like stop that! That's like take care of yourself. Show up and self care. Isn't that how the guy from NXS died? I think so. Take care of yourself. Get some lotion. Take the belt off your neck. I think I just broke Sarah. For for the podcast people, Sarah was taking a drink of something when 
when Danny <laughs> asked about the NXS lead singer. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, on that note, let's give away a chance postcard, shall we? <laughs> Michael Hutchins sure, sure took a chance, didn't he? <laughs> we're all going to hell we're all going to hell oh boy i mean i took a drink because i was sure no one was going to come over the top on my like comments and here comes danny from the top rope with the nxs line price oh man this is two weeks in a row too this is not good all right, here, here we go. We're giving away a chance. Who will the winner be? DJR, yeah, baby. Um, not sure who that is. I'm gonna have to zoom in on that picture. Yeah, I don't know who DJR is either. But congratulations, congratulations, first timer, first timer, and also they have the exact same initials as me i mean if that is initials unless their name is actually danny john rocket (laughs) nope (laughs) no just tell us your middle name james it's james been going on for 47 hours god damn it james would have been the second guess i guess yeah exactly it's just normal isn't not exciting but, um, yeah, so I guess, uh, oh, DJR, okay, uh, contact me. You are the winner, and I will send you a message of love and doom, and uh, just contact me on Twitter or uh, at Sunranto or Sunranto at Gmail or wherever the hell. But congratulations, uh, you are the winner. Uh, Dallas also points out, damn, hardcore Hutchins joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so that's what happens in hour three. I don't know, you know, just the wheels come off. 30 years after he's dead. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> so um, anyway, I got to sing for uh, Joe Madden. And so uh, you're going to have to listen to that. John, Johnny B, Johnny Bones, Johnny Benedict on keys um, did an awesome job with me. And so did everybody that sang with me. But um, Sarah, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's on Ranto. You know, we're all bleacher bunchers now. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about this further on Cup of Cubby Blue. But uh, and we always love having you on. I really do like having you on, especially because you had all those hot takes on Shambi earlier. That just made my day. <laughs> I'm, I'm good for numbers. I'm good for hot takes on Shambi. And I'm, I'm good for the pitch clock. So I'm, I, I love joining y'all and I'm happy to be here whenever. Built for Sun Ranto, no doubt. <laughs> All right, well, Spagog, y'all. Spagog! Thanks, Joe. You are the